The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD Arts Components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 What up, world? Hey, man, we got a great show today, man. We're going to start off with these fresh-ass three seasons we got going on right now, man. We're going to start off, though, with college football that's going to pop off today. It came a little bit of games last week. I mean, not last week, but yesterday. But we're going to kick it off with today, man, because Ole Miss played today, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that may not be a big deal for you guys, but it's a yeah, pretty big deal definitely for Definitely not man. me. Definitely not a big deal for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and on top of that, we got, we know Thursday, you know, we kick off the NFL season. I know that has to be a big deal for like everybody, right? Yeah, has to be. Yeah, still not. Has to still be. Not I know some. Me. I know. I know we got some teams out there that's not very good, and we we know that. I mean, it happens though, right? Somebody got to get that number one pick, right? So it happens, you know. Yeah. But um, forty nine is going to Super Bowl. We already know that. Um, and then we got the Chiefs season, man. Yeah. Wow. Chiefs season, man. I know we now. Can I, we all agree we pumped up for that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped up for that. Yeah. I'm pumped up. Yeah. I'm pumped <laughs> yes, up indeed. Yeah. Right yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, man. I'm ready. So though. how's everything going? So how's everything going with the planning, Dumbo? I know you 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 running things this year, man. So how's that going? Well, um, we are running it. I would say I play a major part this year <laughs> as a, you know, liaison. But um, I will say that uh, I'm ready, man. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, anything that got to do with meetings. So, so, so vir- virtual meetings, in-person meetings, meeting minutes, uh, meetings out of minds, like anything that got to do with meetings, I'm not a fan of honestly um so the planning period was for me honestly it was a challenge you know and i'm actually you know i don't say this that much but i'm a little proud of myself for making it through it having meetings and stuff like that i remember when we went through the season uh when we went through when i went through my first season as a chief and um angelo was running the season and uh he had a time limit to how long people could speak you know, and I love that. Like, it was like, yo, if you go over five minutes, like you got nothing, you know, of importance to say after five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, what's the photography committee going to say after five minutes? Um, and I, I just loved it. And that was something that I implemented early on, you know, in our meetings. And somebody, you know, was happy about that. Like, yo, thanks, bro. Thanks for like putting limits on meetings. I actually had to cut somebody off before. You know what I'm saying? So like, but we had big shots out to Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, bro, bro. But we had like seven, you know, it was like seven minute uh, time limits. Uh, so going through that, worrying about meetings, my biggest thing that I, my biggest issue with meetings, especially chief meetings be like, just, you know, standing in front of a bunch of people are sitting in front of a bunch of people. And it's like sidebars, you know, that happened a lot with like the chiefs me and the sidebars. And I have, I mean, but that's a personal issue. Like, you know, nobody else got nothing to do with that. So, uh, so I thought it was going to be a bunch of that, but the way we set up our meetings, it was just easy. Like it's just straight round Robin style. Let's go around the room, figure out who got what, what's your update. Boom, boom, boom. Then, you know, every chief meeting after the meeting is still like, it's pretty much another day meeting, like a bunch of people like, Hey, I got this. I got that. I got this. I got that. So I'm happy that that chapter is done. The meeting chapter is done and I'm super excited and I'm looking forward to standing in front of a bunch of, or having a bunch of, you know, new chiefs um, stand in front of us and, you know, us be able to give training and kind of usher them into the mess. Cause like, you know, like the paperwork say, we're not screening them. 
we ushering them in, you know, so I, I really do appreciate that. What about you, Aaron? No, I'm excited. Um, I want to uh, give you a compliment about your email etiquette. I'm on your email chain. So your emails are always to the point. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Man. Everybody, it's, yeah, it's, I appreciate it's a very it, man. Uh, unique skill you have. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I Thank like you, the uh, teaching the creed. That's, that's my favorite part. I like when that came into a yeah. season a couple years back. I think it really is like pretty good yeah. and good conversation. So I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, for the listeners, uh, Aaron Paul is a command senior chief. So that's, and you're a part of a bigger regional, kind of like a regional mess where it's a, a multitude of messes kind of coming together for the season, right? Yeah, I'm down there in, uh, in the ass, Patuxen River, Axe. So all the squadrons, we together and we all, you know, join forces. We do our own individual things, but the main season is a collaborative effort with the entire wing. Yeah. So do y'all veer off at all ever, like just as a singular command and do anything with y'all selects outside of the group? Yeah, this is my first time down there. So I'm kind of like learning as I go, right? But for what I've been told yeah. is, no, nah, it's pretty much a collective and each individual mess might have the one or two things they might want to stress with their uh, new chief. But the main spirit mm-hmm. is just everybody together, the whole wing pushing and uh, ushering them in together. Yeah. Well, hey, I know a lot of people that's actually up for it this year, too. Um, I I guess that's going to be a thing for the rest of the time, you know, I'm in. I'm going to know mad people that's up for it. Um, Or it's going to get to a time where I know nobody that's up for it. And I know people that's up for, like, senior chief, master chief, things like that. But I want to say, I want to take a moment to say, uh, you know, good luck. Good luck to everybody that's up for it. Good luck. Uh, Hopefully we hear your name um, next week, next Tuesday. Most definitely, man. I know a lot of people up too. <laughs> it's yeah. just crazy, man. On on how many people have reached out, you know, talking about the talking about everything uh, leading up to this. So good luck to them out there, man. You know, I, I was thinking about my favorite part too, man. When you guys just bring that up, man. I guess my favorite part has to be, man, like the first day when they 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 would uh, introduce themselves to the mess and and um, how they look. And and I want to throw this out real quick, man. Like like Dumbo used to do this this. Um, this video thing with us, man. Mm-hmm. And from the day one of us videoing them and then to the end when we video how much confidence they didn't got throughout that whole, you know, six weeks or whatever, it was big time, man, big time difference. So to see that difference, see that change, see that confidence grow in them guys and girls, man, was a big deal. So that's, that's kind of like my favorite part, seeing the growth. Yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, and even further on, like I think it's nothing cooler than like when I'm talking to like, some people that went through um like a year or two after I went through you know and I'm talking to them now and like seeing like who they you know shout out to uh, uh Brian Mello who I was just talking to uh via text message and uh just me and him just you know going back and forth you know him you know he just ran a season last year um and I'm you know running something this year he like hey bro like good luck this this that you know he was doing the SEL thing like Brian did a whole lot of shit already like but he was doing yeah. like the SEL yeah. thing like a year ago or something and I guess because he I think he went to a command with like you know pretty pretty scarce so you know just still being able to keep up with people like that and knowing that they want to talk to me and it ain't like a you know, when I went through the season, like you put me through so much that I never wanted to talk to you again. <laughs> like knowing that these guys and I didn't do it because these guys went through like him and Jesse and some of those guys went through my first, you know, year as a chief. So my approach to the season was a little different. Um, my first season as a chief. 
Um, so I was like more like a brother who had just been there, you know, for those guys, um, vice, but I still, you know, we still got standards, you know, still certain things that you got to see, but I was more like a kind of somebody that they could trust, like, you know, and they could trust all the chiefs, but I was somebody that they could like come to and I'd be like, no, no chaser, no game, no bullshit. This is what y'all need to do. I would have, I wasn't giving them secrets, hints, none of that stuff. You know what I mean? But I was helping them out. You know what I'm saying? These are my guys. <laughs> yeah. These are my guys, man. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't giving them no, that like that. So, um, what about you? Hey, Demo, what up? Hey, Demo, I got one. I want to tell you, man, like, um, so we just went out to the, I didn't go because, um, um, to the Raphael Peralta, man, but they just had an inspection from my team. Yeah. They went out there, man, and um, they gave a shout out to Rez, man. They came back and told me about Rez. was doing a good job, man. I was kind of had a little moment right there, man. Yeah, man. one of our guys yeah, right Chief, there. Yeah, Chief Rez, man. It's, it's crazy because he didn't yeah, really man. go through the season with us. Like, he went through the season with yeah. somewhere else. But, yeah, definitely he wanted them guys anyway. So, he wanted those pushes, man. What's up? Are, are they underway or something, you know? No, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never oh, mind. Never bro, mind. they just never had something big happen. We'll talk later about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Have Master Chief called me and hit me with this. I'm not the one you think I am, brother. <laughs> I will take 20 years of military and beat your ass. You understand me? I don't uh, want Master Chief to. I don't want Master Chief. I'm not the one you think I am, oh, brother. Man. I will take 20 years of military and beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't need Master Chief. You know, we saying that about the ship, but Master Chief giving me that phone call, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man. Oh, man. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years. 20 years of the military. What y'all think his rate was? What was his rate? What y'all think his rate was when he was at? Yeah, oh, man. A CS. Yeah, man. <laughs> I thought he was an STG or something, man. He had that stance, yeah, man. That. You know, CT, <laughs> STG, one that stance. He walked out of there with, man. Yeah. You know, you just walk out of there, you you know, I'm going to say some shit for this motherfucker don't whoop my ass, man. That's what happened, man. <laughs> yeah, it is a CT, <laughs> ergonomics. Mine's hey. eggs and like, this is what we got. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he had no. two knee replacements. Hey. hey, to me, man, he was out there saying, I'm... I'm finna whoop this motherfucker ass with my words. Yeah. <laughs> if he find out the truth, <laughs> if this young boy find out the truth, it's gonna be a problem. Oh, I can just boy. tell because he ain't say his rate. He just said 20 years of the military the and military. beat your ass. <laughs> like, mm. Oh man, yo. Hey, Aaron, I'm happy that you joined us today, man. Um, I'm super happy that you, you know, you joined us today. I appreciate it. I've been trying to get you on here for a while. Um, just because, man, I was talking to one of your sellers. Um, they came, they came by to get some parts. They actually got me out of a chief's meeting that was starting to get a little, uh, a little sticky. <laughs> you know how sticky, <laughs> you know how sticky it get? <laughs> it was starting to get a little sticky, right? Cause the, uh, the, uh. The, the um season committee, which is my committee, we was asking the mess for uh some money. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and uh CMC was in there, uh regional CMC, right? Uh and he was like, he you shut that shit down. You know what I mean? You <laughs> shut it down, but the Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he, so he, he was radio, man. He ain't doing 
Yeah, he was shutting it down. So uh, the Chiefs Must president was starting to have, like, you know, a conversation with him. And your guy called me. It was like, yo, I'm here for the parts. And I'm like, hey, y'all, look, I hate to leave right now. Like, I really do. <laughs> but I got to get up out of here, right? But, you know, I'm talking to your guy, and he's, like, a, a pretty much a first class about to retire. So, um, you know, I think, you know, hey, it's it, – it, he at the end of his career and um he just wanna kinda pay it uh forward, you know, for like the next generation or whatever like that. And um, but he told me he was like, you know, um, senior chief, man, I just love listening to him, man. Like so much knowledge and stories or whatever. And I'm like, damn, he got all that already. You know what I mean? Mm. So and I'm cause you ain't been there that long, right? How long you been there? I just got over 90 days last week. 90 days. So the key number 90 days. Mm. So when yeah. So in three months, I mean, either he was kissing, either he was kissing your ass, uh, he was telling the truth. And I would take it more that he was telling the truth. First class. Yeah. Uh, who is gold, probably. And could tell you what it is. <laughs> he, he's not really about it. He's completely reserved about to go. So he ain't really trying to kiss nobody. So that's for him. Yeah. And I, he's I, a yeah. lot to me. So I got to, I got to. Yeah. Go he's a good dude. He, yeah. Yeah, he was a good dude. I had to hit you up after and make sure I had saved his number on my phone because he's a good dude, and I want to, you know, keep you know keep them keep kind of keep in contact with him or whatever like that. Um, but um, so ninety days, huh? Yeah. Ninety days, right? So what's like what like you know that's a place I hope to be at some point, right? So what's the what you got, man? What's your first quarter kind of quarter report? Command senior chief. Well, it's gonna be first of all, where you at? Uh, so I'm down in, um, I'm at a VX-20 air test and evaluation squadron 2-0 down in uh, NES, Patuxent River, mm-hmm. NES PAX. So what we do is we just test all yeah. the aircraft, certain platforms, and blur them to the fleet. Um, my, yeah. my report card, you asked me, for the first 90 days? Yeah. <laughs> like we, everybody will say communication. Communication. And it's not mm-hmm. saying that we don't communicate but it's just the timely response of communication. So you know me, my pet peeve is if someone sends an email, just don't let it like float off up in space. You need to get to it. After two days, like you're trying to ignore somebody and it's like time sensitive. So um, our communication isn't bad, but it could always be better. You can talk to any chief, any first class, mm-hmm. any sailor, you always want, we got to communicate. Right? So communication. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, you in that seat, right? Yeah. I mean, another thing, too, is like, you think you know everything. Really, you don't know nothing. You know who to talk to. You know instruction, but you really got to lean on people to run their programs. It's not for you to be the coach calling all the plays. You got to trust your coordinators. I'm talking football references. I'm going to apologize, right? So, you know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like this. If we run in a West Coast offense, I don't care about the run-pass ratio. Just make sure we got the philosophy and we scoring seven seven points. That's it. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, I'm going I'm to talk to y'all, uh, to, 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 to my woman, to the woman listeners. Uh, Tupac cares. <laughs> Tupac cares, even if nobody else does. You know what I'm saying? Tupac cares. <laughs> hey, so uh, let, let's, um, let's rewind. Let's rewind this uh, for a minute, right? Let's go all the way back, all the way back, before the Navy. Where are you from? That's an interesting question. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so I was born in New York, raised in New Orleans, 
then I finished uh, uh-huh. high school in New York. So I don't have a New Orleans accent because okay. my cousins kind of beat that out of me when I went back home. So Yeah. So your time in New York was truncated between time and New Orleans. Yeah. You like that word, Damon? Truncated. truncated. That's the that's the word. <laughs> that's the, that, that, the captain, the CO, right? Trubilla, right? He used to always say that shit. Like he always found a way to like throw <laughs> truncated into like a speech. You know what I'm saying? Be like, yeah, he's this, you know, but we got this going on, but then we got this, and it's gonna be truncated, you know, between this and this. I'm like, what the <laughs> How does truncated mean? You know, so I found it out. You know, so I had to use it. I felt like this was the best time to use it. So, what New Orleans being truncated between uh, time and New York, right? Um, that had to do something for you, like as far as a hip, a fan of hip hop, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, so when I was down there, this nineties, this mid late nineties. So uh huh. That's like peak No Limit. That's uh yeah. Peak. That's riding dirty UJ, UGK. Mm, yeah, Scarface. Mm. So that's like it, right? Mm. And also, that was like Cash Money when it was like local. So even though no women yeah. had the mm-hmm. notoriety, Cash yeah. Money had the city on lock, like how they say. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah. I go up to my cousins you, in New York. And that's like '90s. So that's like prime. It's like first, first two albums, right? You got Nas. It was like it was written that time frame. Yeah, right. I think DMX is about to come out too, right? Late 90s? DMX the game, 98. We dropped them two back to back, yeah. Yeah, 98. I was just well-versed, man. I can can go both ways and like advocate for both types, whether it's like, you know, bounce, you know, or or, or boom back, you know. I appreciate it both. I didn't say no, no East Coast slander. I was like, nah, everything's good. Yeah, it took me a minute to appreciate uh, No Limit. I always like Mac though, Mac, you know, Mac, but like uh mystical, you know. I, I we at this point we should be saying he who should not be named, <laughs> but but but, yeah, but, he, but mystical uh, really awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But his flow, like one of my friends had put me on to like, yo, his flow, his cadence, the way he kind of weave in between, like, you know, I don't this ain't a hip hop pod, so I'm sorry, y'all. We went from sports to hip hop, but like uh yeah, so it took me a minute to kind of understand the greatness of like that, you know, flow from the south. You know what I mean? But I love like now nowadays it's a lot better. It's almost like no kind of regional break. If you hot, you hot. If people like you, you know, they like you. So I think like like people like 50, yeah. 50 Cent, Kanye, Drake, they kind of broke that up. Like as far as like just making a universal like sound, you know, because everybody like you could be from. Philly, you could be from New Orleans, you could be from Atlanta, like, we like Lil Baby, you know, it's like this different artist that, like, everybody, you know, kind of like. All right, so you being a young kid, uh, New York, New Orleans, back to New York, where'd you join from? New York. So I was living on uh, Long Island. Okay. I was going to Long Island and I was living in yeah. Queens, right? And uh, I wanted to be a Marine, but you know, obviously that, that didn't happen, uh-huh. so... So what made you kind of realize that you wanted to have a career in the Navy? My mom told me to. <laughs> <laughs> mom, shots out the mom. My mom how my that, and how'd that go? I went. Okay. Yeah, all right. So um, I came home one day from school, and uh, the um, Navy recruiter was there on my couch. And he was there in his Johnny oh, Cash's. Shit. 
<laughs> and it's, yeah. it's 360 waves, you know? Hey, what's up, young buck? Let me mm. talk to you. I'm like, hey, how you doing, sir? Manly. Looked at my mom. Like, Who this? She's like, go sit down. Yeah. All right, let me go hear this. And he started talking. The, the recruiter talk was at the Chris. He sold me on uh yeah. on Australia. He kept talking about Australia. So that yeah. and tax-free money. After that, you know, I was good. I was like, all right, man, sign me up. What did he tell you about Australia? What was the Australia sell? Was it like Big Bug Australia or was it Australia, Australia? So the Australia. The Australia, Australia. brief he gave me <laughs> is different than when he gave my mother. He talked to my mom about okay, the, right. the structure and the opportunity, the, 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 the platform to you know start your adult life. What he told me yeah. was like, <laughs> they give you a nice welcome in Australia. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to Australia, Neyman? And I went like four parts of Australia, man. <laughs> Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. Yeah. Freak, I've been all over Australia. You man. like it? Yeah, it's a pretty nice sport, man. <laughs> Nothing beats Brazil. When I was a Damn. youngster. Yeah, of course, right? Oh, oh. I haven't been to Brazil, though, man. I haven't been there. Yeah. Um. Shit, the Navy goes to Brazil. <laughs> like, like. Got be East Coast though, right? East Coast. East Coast. I, I went there because I was on the call, Vince, and, and we was doing a, um, a onboard ship. It was coming out the RCOH, the refueling complex overhaul, that midlife for the carrier it was going around. So we got to hit all these South American ports, hit Peru. Yeah. We had Brazil. And Navy's smart. They went to Brazil a week after Carnival. They're not going to take a carrier. It's carnal. Oh, no, yeah. Crazy. You left bro. a couple of people there. Mm-hmm. You still cast like you. I ain't leaving, man. I love you. What? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Brazil so is I so, Mm. Okay. And I've seen those advertisements. Yes, I see those. She got Jean Grey psychic abilities. She know what I'm talking yeah, about. So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, so my question for you is this. Uh, so mom got the recruiter in, like, on the couch, right, when you walk in the house. Is that, like, did you not know what you wanted to do? Did you have any idea what you wanted to do? Were you, like, getting in trouble or anything? Or was that just mom's just making a plan? I, I wasn't getting in trouble. But I was very yeah. intimidated by college because I had a lot of older uh-huh. cousins. I'm the only child from my mom, but I had a lot of older cousins, right? Uh-huh. And I had a cousin that went to uh, was, went to St. John's. And another one that was uh, went to Grambling, right? And mm, not, yeah. not saying they were struggling, but I mean, your first, when I was told, your first year, year and a half in college, man, it's a struggle. You're trying to figure it out. And that kind of scared me. So mm-hmm. I think she knew that I needed like the the safety net or just the structure and the support that that the Navy could offer. Plus, like I said, yeah. she she had me in like a, a sailor suit when I was a baby. I'm gonna show you the picture. So she had this plan yeah. for me and the Navy from the jump. So did you know? Did you know? Um, you were doing twenty, like from the day you joined. I almost got out twice. Okay. So, All right, we're gonna talk about that. But before we do, I got a question for you. You ever you saw Breaking Bad, right? No, the I show? know the actor. 
Aaron Paul, the dude. I guess so too. Man, <laughs> it is like there was times I'll get people DM me. And like, yo, man, I'm a big yeah. fan. I'm like, what? I ain't got no official blue check. Why are you what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> that, that stupid Keen Peel but AA Ron. I'm so tired of hearing that. Oh, uh, the AA Ron joint. Every Aaron. Mm. Is, that's where that started. King that's where that started, huh? Yeah. With, with King and Pill, huh? Yeah. And when he was in the classroom and AA Ron, like, I ain't know it started yeah. there. All right, so the first time that you were going to get out, why? Why was you going to get out? <laughs> well, like, let me see. I just felt I could do something else. I didn't know what it was though. Uh-huh. I didn't know what something else was, but we um yeah. So my first deployment was pre nine eleven, and then nine eleven happened, and it was on the grind after that, mm. right? And I just yeah. got tired of grind. I want to do something else. I mean, I came in as um a designated airman. I was working a B four fuels, prostrated to OS, and it was cool. But I just I just thought I could do something else. And, um, yeah. I got, we were in middle deployment, I was about to get out, and I was like, I'm not about to separate in the middle of deployment, so I put in an extension. So then I extended uh-huh. to give me some more time, and then you know, life happened, met my wife, <laughs> had my first child. They're like, hey, well, I mean, you're about to rotate for short duty, you might as well stay in. I was like, all right. Get you with that one. Yeah, that short duty. I was about to say the short duty cell. I was gonna ask you, was it the short duty cell? Yeah, you know, you worked hard on C duty. You you need to <laughs> you need to get your short yeah. duty. You know, that's your mm-hmm. that, that's your payback. That's, that's your, your time. time. Your time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the second time you was about to get out, where were you in your career? Uh I had a harder time making first. And I got time. Like I knew my job. I was hard with test taking. And as an OS, uh-huh. you know, if you're not on certain platforms, there's certain things you're going to do. So you can read it, but you got to do it. So I was having a hard time yeah. making first. And then, I, yeah. you know, I just, I didn't want to be away from my, my daughter. I had one child. I had three kids, but I only had my daughter at that time. And I, I didn't want to be away from her. So that really weighed on me yeah. pretty heavy. Like, I don't, I don't want to be away from her. Because I was on shore. And I was like, what year was this? Oh. What year, like, what year of your career was this? Like what year? Like year ten, year eleven? Year seven. Second time I want to go. Year seven. In the middle of short dude. That ain't. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad in the, in those times though. Seven years and trying to make first. When you take right, it was right right during that time though. It was that time you know seven eight you start because I I think I made I made second like in like what two three years. So when you hit seven man, you've been taking that test for like. Second for a minute days. now, you know what I mean? Like, you know, three years is what six times. Yo, a five you know, year second is like a is like almost like a god at a command, man. Like a five six year second class. Like, oh yeah. Like what oh, yeah. can't oh, they yeah. get done, man? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Man, then they are the woman. Yeah, yeah. So, so you was about to get out again. It's like, yo, I'm done. Like this ain't. I, I wanted to. My wife was like, nah, bro. You need to stay in so we keep the support for us. If you're going to separate, yeah. you know, retire, or get out, you got to make sure that you, you're on good footing. So. Yeah. So then after that moment, it, it never happened again. Because now you was, what, you were you at? 23? How, how many years you were? I hit 22 years last week. All right. So you're 22 years, right? Congrats. Congrats. Thank, thank yeah. So, so after year seven, 
it was it. It was, you know, 14 more what, years, pretty much 14 more me, years. Like, y'all talked about I had a second class with a guy. So when I went to the car, Vincent, in the middle of the, uh, the midlife in the yards, and a lot of the crew had never been out to sea. So yeah. It was me and a bunch of second classes that were all, you know, fleet returnees. We all came to the ship. And, like, the first classes let us rock. They was like, listen, we were taking care of stuff. You're empowered. Do your thing. Just be good second class. We never got kicked out of the room in meetings. Like, yo, y'all, y'all run quarters. Y'all do your thing. And when I saw the yeah. influence I was able to have a second class and really, you know, be able to talk to the first class in chief and really guide people, that kind of really made me fall more in love with with the Navy. Yeah. Hey, did y'all notice any differences like before, like any distinctual differences before and after 9-11? I think that, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like a real difference, man. I think it it changed a lot, man. I think that the IA stuff changed a whole lot, man. Like, like you damn near couldn't hide from an IA. You know, you could you could try all you want, man. Like, but other than that, I don't know, man. When it comes to navy and comes to to what we do, I don't know if it changed as much. Um, but we you know what? I take that back. I take that back, man. I do think a lot of people was getting out. Because of, you know, when they got that that post 9-11, you can get that money, you can get out and go to school and do all that stuff. So that could have changed a lot of things, too. Yeah. What about you, I respect people have your uniform. Like, I didn't have a, so much time before 9-11, right? But a couple mm-hmm. of times when I was going from A school or went home, um, you wear a uniform. People respect you, right? They look at you, okay. But after 9-11... Like when people say, you know, um, thank you for your service, or you might have it's more like respect and reverence for if you if you in the military. That's the biggest thing I've seen. Yeah. And it hasn't dropped off at all. I've seen that. Like uniform, they really appreciate you and they really go out to let let, let you know how much they thank you for your service. Yeah. So um when did you cause right now you're a command senior chief? Right. And that's a decision. So going command is a decision that like, you know, I I believe going command is a decision that somebody makes at some point in their career that they want to go command. Um, When did you make that decision or did you fall into it? So I thought about it. Right. Um, Uh huh. Mentorship, like, you know, uh, Dean, my last CMC, the two over, he always would kind of talk to me about it. And you know, it was kind of like creeping on my evals, even though I didn't want it on there. I followed recommendation, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Right when I got to 20, I was like, I'm, I'm going to retire. I was perfectly set up to retire offshore. That's when I was working with Wounded Warrior after mm-hmm. I first met you. But when I got there, yeah. you know, I wasn't satisfied, man. Like, I felt something was missing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I looked at the program and it said that uh, if you... If you get accepted, you can't have more than 21 years when you get accepted. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you know what? Talk to my wife. We're like, you can put in one time. And if you get selected, that means it's, you know, it's your calling. And you go do it and you continue your service and, you know, talking with people and leading the mentoring. If not, that's fine. Retire. 2023, end of your contract. And so once I got selected, I was like, all right, kind of gave me a second life. And, want to go forward because if I'm staying I want to make sure I'm yeah. in the room talking to people and doing the right by people in the yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to one of my friends who's a civilian but was in the Navy, was a chief. And uh, he was like kind of like measuring the prospect of me going command or whatever, like he was. He was like, damn, like you could be going command soon, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know? And he looked, and I, I just know the look. This actually this is my business partner too. But I know what that look is. Like he looked at me, he smiled. You know, I'm like, damn, like, because me and him talk, we talk about our gripes, you know, issues we got with like certain things, um, military stuff, stuff like that. I always tell him stuff, you know, I got going on. But the smile he had just had the potential that I could be command, you know? And it's crazy because I don't think, you know, I don't think the smile was for me, you know? Like, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and this is uh, probably going to sound cocky. But I don't think the smile was for me. I think the smile was for the potential that whatever the place is or how, whatever the state of the command or the state of the Navy is, like, I think he was smiling like them because it's like, yo, one of us could get in here and do like some of the things that we always talked about doing. You know what I mean? And that means a lot to like people I know. You know what I'm saying? I come from, um, and we won't talk about this that much, but I'll get into it a little bit. But I come from like me and a bunch of friends like me. You know what I mean? And like, like us being able to like redefine like certain things about uh, just expectations of like a seller from New Orleans, New York, Philly, like certain parts of these, you know, different places and environments. You know, I remember grabbing up like young, like, like young mentees before they became my mentees from like Carolina, like places like that. Like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to speak a little coded because I don't want to say it all right now. But like, hey, man, like you need to do this like this. You need to do this like this, you know? So it's like certain blueprints that we kind of follow. And it's things we talked about doing like that. Like I know after me, some of them, I know they're going to do it. Like I see it happening. You know what I'm saying? But I think for my friend to see like things me and him talked about and like actually see like, man, like you got, cause he like, yo, you're going to stay in longer or whatever. But it's like, yo, you have the potential to do some of these things that we talked about doing when we were. Uh, E5s who hated everything, E4s, you know, who had issues with everything or whatever like that. You can, you know, and I don't want nobody ever like, you know, I'm at almost at 16 years or whatever, 15 years and some change, but I don't want nobody ever to lose like their like two year uh, self. You know what I mean? Like, even if you change, even if you grew, I don't want you to lose some of those things that you viewed as a problem, you know, or things that you view could be improved. Because I think the longer you stay anywhere, your visual changes. Like you see different stuff. You know, you talk to different people. Like I'm like my peer group now is a bunch of like chiefs. It's more chiefs than anything. So it's like different kind of conversations, you know, and just I just don't want nobody to forget about that two year self because you're going to forget about some of the things that you could do when you become your 22 year self. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to get in a seat and get like super duper. uh comfortable when there's some shit out there that you could change that's so, right you smiling i see you smiling and i stuff. mean because i think your friend like when i was thinking about putting up a command then you talk to your family you talk mentorship then you talk to your friends and i think a lot of times the reaction from your friends would, would tell you if you should do it or not if you say yeah, yeah i'm thinking we going command you got somebody be like yeah all right man hmm. <laughs> right yeah or if you got somebody's like yeah man they might be overt and be like, yo, you need to do that. That's good for people, good for the neighborhood. Yeah. And I think your friend, that's the vote of confidence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about um about how your, your peer group, you're always up there. Well, you're different 
y'all differ because you you guys make a concentrated effort to be relevant. You're not just staying in a yeah. little group. You know, you're supposed to be on deck plates, right? Like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Pod. Listen to episodes, plenty of times I hear Damon saying, you know, he talked to a sailor and he they staying in now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's every record. episode, yeah. He like SEC college recruiter. He getting all the blue chip talent. Yeah, it's win, every right? episode, yeah. But that's what he's supposed <laughs> yeah. to do. He's supposed to stay relevant and keep talking to people. And I think that's needed as a as a as a SEL senior chief period or someone's in command. I gotta, I gotta um, talk about this command CNG program real quick, man, because I put it in last year. Um, but I don't want to talk about that. Only thing I want to talk about real quick, I gotta do better. You know, I know we got that segment come in. It's talking about the command CNG waivers, right? <laughs> and I think we need to do better. And I say do better, I mean do better as into like. Don't be trying to dangle it out there for me. I feel like they dangling this waiver out there for me, man. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like because like, look, last year. I had to put a waiver in, even put in for the program, mm-hmm. right? So I think it was like 22 years and then they put a waiver in for 23 years or some shit like that. Yeah. So I put the waiver in. So this year is 23 years with a waiver of 24, uh-huh. right? So I get all these, I guess all these hits up, email, hey, bro, they got one more year now, man. You can put in for it again. Like they dangling that carrot for me, man. You know what I mean? So yeah. Leave me alone, man. Just tell. Me, I feel like it messing yeah. with me, man. So you, but hey, I, hey, but I didn't. I haven't ruled it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I mean, I like standing in front of saying, I like talking to him. I like you know seeing him do better and all this type of stuff. So I haven't ruled it all the way out. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Man. Yeah, my do better. Put in. Shoot the shot. You miss all you the shots. That? You don't take. Just put it in. Mm-hmm. That way, when you retire, you're not like, you know what, man? Yeah. I'm probably gonna pick up. I should have put nice. that shit in. Yeah, yeah, you never want to. That's what I said. Yeah, I never want to have anything. Yep. Yeah, my do better is uh, yo, it's uh, I'm gonna read it. I wrote it down. Keep your toes out of your mouth. You know, (laughs) going viral is not that intriguing. You know what I'm saying? So that's my do better. I don't got much on it, you know, but I did see a video. Um, of a seller in uniform stick her toes in her mouth <laughs> on TikTok, man. Too, man. What the you fuck know what I'm saying? Going viral Jeez. is not that damn intriguing. Like, you know what I mean? You know, especially for that. You got to be careful what you go viral for. You know what I mean? And that ain't, that ain't it. That's not a talent. That's not a skill. That's not something admirable. Like, you don't want to have to keep doing that. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to have to go on a late show and do that. Like, like, you know what I mean? So just, uh, keep your toes out your mouth. And, 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 and just on top of that too, like just going viral, just, you know, we get a lot of sellers go viral people in the Navy, you know, they got TikToks now, Instagrams and all that stuff, man. And just, you know, some of that stuff, I don't want to sound like nobody dad, so I won't, but sticking your toe in your damn mouth, you know, that's the limit. You know what I mean? Like chill out. You know what I mean? That ain't it. You know what I mean? And just watch what you do. And that's for everybody, really not just military people. Like, this whole viral bug for people is like, you got people doing shit to their children. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they go viral. You know what I mean? Like it ain't, yeah. it, it ain't worth it. You know what I mean? A lot of the people that just went viral off of things like that. I don't even know where they are anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of people that just went viral off of crazy stuff. I don't know where they are. I don't know where Sharkeisha is. I don't know where, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple people. Like I just, no Sharkeisha, Sharkeisha was the girl that uh, she got into a fight, man, with this girl. 
you know, they was like, stop, Shakisha. Like she, like she did like this uh, Mortal Kombat kick to the girl. Like it's bad. <laughs> it's like a, it's a bad thing or whatever. But but like, who knows where she is? But it's a few. It's a lot of people. Lil Terrio, remember Lil Terrio? Like this, this is like early days of going viral. Like he was like, you know, the little dude. But like, yeah, like it ain't. Trust me. Like I remember the, the Patty Pie dude. Remember he went viral for a little bit. He ate the uh, Patty Labelle pie. He went viral. He like kind of like got a little bit of fame, but like where the hell is he now? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it ain't, you know, I don't think it's worth all that. But um, what about you, Aaron? You got anything that like, so we do a do better segment. You know, I know you, I know you're familiar with it, you know, but we do a do better segment about anything military, Navy related, a thing that we could do better. Uh, check and respond to your damn emails. That's my do better. Yeah. Don't say you didn't get the email. You off of blood about these emails. I am. <laughs> he off of blood about these emails. Hey. He off of hey. I'm not the one you think I am, brother. <laughs> I will take 20 years of military and beat your ass. You understand me? I, I'm going to sound like hey. a mad rap about it, man. I, I, that's me. That same energy. Like, yeah. people say, like, I'm not going to call you all the time if I text you. All right, here's my thing, right? I don't feel anyone is owed an immediate response. People, they driving, they got things going on, family, protect your peace, you know, get things that you can, right? But mm-hmm. if someone's contacting you for, it's for a reason. Ain't trying to like hook up for fancy football or let's, no, it's time sensitive. Like, hey man, can my sailor ain't been paid in a minute, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? Hey, the travel claim ain't straight. Or, hey, they rate, they picked up the rate. What's up with their transfer? I'm contacting you. It's for a reason. People need answers. And I understand everyone is like stretched, managed short, but just sometimes just saying, we got it. We see it. This is what we've done. And just answer it. Because if you don't, if you don't answer your phone call, you don't answer the text, you don't answer the email, you got time. You got people. Go sit in the toilet to their feet numb, scrolling on TikToks. You got time to answer your email. So that that's kind of gets yeah. me. Especially in the COVID world where sometimes you can't be in person to go follow up in person and talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, we're busy or we but just say something. Don't say you didn't get the email. That yeah. that hurts. Yeah, I just I just got it, man. Like maybe couple weeks ago, maybe maybe close to a month, man. Master Chief got on me about the email deal, man. Like so <laughs> I had to tell this story, man, when we talk about emails, man, it's like, so I don't have a, but like I have one first class, right. That that's in that work with us. There's a lot of us, but we will senior command. Right. So master chief sent out his email, like the SEL, the, the, he sent his email out and say, Hey, he need, he needs some names for ASF. Yeah. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, ain't nobody really responding to the ASF thing. Nobody trying to give up no sailors, man. Yeah. Right, but I don't have a one, and she, you know, had a baby not too long ago, uh-huh. so I know she's not a candidate, right? Yeah. So I don't respond to the email. So of course, no one really responds to the email. So he didn't hit. He didn't hit everybody up and say, "Hey, I'm having a meeting." So he want this meeting, man. So he get us all in there. Yeah. Right. He got like 40 days on this list, man, right? 40 days on this list. He going down it. And then he sees two sailors on there that says me. So my, my encode M44. So he named one of my first classes. I, and I was, before he named, like he said, well, the other encode we got is M44. Yeah. And he looks at me. He says, um, um, 
hey, M44, did you got anybody because you didn't respond to my email either. <laughs> That's how he responded to me, <laughs> yeah. man. And, right? And I'm like, well, I don't have anybody. I said I got the um, the, the the young lady that's pregnant, right? Uh, that's just had the baby. Then he said, "Well, what about this encode?" I mean, he said, "What about this sailor?" You know, uh, LCA one. And I said, "She's," I said, "She's a chief, right?" And then he had nothing, bro. He's like, "That was it." Yeah. He really wanted to go in on me, but when he found out I didn't have nobody, yeah. <laughs> you know, he kind of backed off. He really wanted to go in on me, though, man. Yeah. But then I apologize because you know it makes sense, though, right? All I had to do is say, "Hey." You know, I don't have nobody or whatever the case may be. That would have ended the whole thing. But yeah, I didn't say that. But he was ready for me, man. I can't. Yeah, he's about to he's ready twenty years in the navy. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was, man. Can I ask y'all a question? What, what's y'all opinion on uh, read receipts on emails? They make it go first. Well, man, I, I don't do it though. I, I don't do it. Um, but I mean, I think it's a, I, I think when you get to a certain, I think if I was in your shoes, man, and, and I was a command guy, I probably, I probably have that on there though, man. I probably sitting out with that to see who reading, reading the emails. Um, man, that's, that's a, man, I might start well, doing I got, that. Man. I, got a- I ain't gonna lie to uh, you. I, why I do it sometimes, not all the time. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, my um, you want my answer before your story? Well, please, or, yeah, please. Are you want right. My answer is it depend on it depend on the content. So, um, like if the CMC is emailing uh the chief's mess about like an event that like is warranted a response, then yeah, I think a re receipt should be on there. If um you sending um maybe even if you sending like for instance like my job on my adco. So I got to send reports to like CNIC, for instance. Um, maybe I should add read receipts to those too, just so I can know when uh, CNIC received, you know, my email. But my my, my muster PO, what up, what up, IS3? I think sometimes she listens to the pod. But my muster PO, she sends like, she emails the muster to, uh, to, uh, to the admin, like big admin. And like, she just added read receipts to her, to her email. And, and I like, she's been empowered and doing like the greatest job ever as a must be right? But um, like recently these read receipts threw me off. So I had to go find the like, what or what? Like, hey, you added like read receipts to these shits now. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like sometimes I, I like, I like trust her, you know what I mean? But um, so she just added read receipts. Like, so emails like that, I don't necessarily think they need the read receipt. Cause that's like now everybody that opened up this muster, they got a read receipt, but yeah, something like a uh, CMC, you know, like I said earlier, like, yeah, read receipts. So it depends. Well, um, I was like her, I was a second class, but I was the departmental career counselor. And yeah. We kept getting hit up for CDBs. When I took over the program, we was, we had a whole bunch of dink CDBs. Right. So I'll put out the invite to, you know, um, LPO, LCPO, Divo, Chief, Mentor, whatever, right? Come time for last CDB, certain people wasn't showing up. And I was told by the actual command career council, like, hey, you don't do the career council, you don't do the CDB without the people there. So I was like, all right, I have to reschedule. I kept on getting hit up. So eventually I was like, hey, you know, the Chief, I was like, hey, Chief, um, you know, you haven't showed these, um, these uh, CDBs. And he had you know, this convenient amnesia. He's like, I didn't get the email. I was like, mm. Okay. Okay. 
So eventually I started, um, I didn't do the real shit. I did the confirmation, the joint where you can see it hit the inbox. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Right? So another CDB comes up. He didn't show. I said, forget this dude. <laughs> did the CDB. I took the notes. I forwarded him the minutes. Like, hey, you know, we covered this with the sailor. The mentor said this. Divo said this. And just so he could follow up with that sailor to give, you know, the input. He came on me, fired up. Like, you know, a beat though. <laughs> right? He's like, who are you? He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> who do you think you are? I was like, Chief, I sent it to you multiple times. No, you didn't. I was like, time walk. Hit him with that four. said receipt. Obviously, it's not important to you. He just, mm. but I, I die on the hill. So I believe I use it as needed. I'll make sure yeah, it hits yeah, the sure. inbox. Right? But if you if you a hole, you a jerk, I'm gonna put it in your face. Like, hey, I'm you're gonna see this. So it's kind of like yeah. the email yeah. email warfare <laughs> specialty. You gotta have that sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. Because you don't want to like yeah, you, class, like, you gotta protect yourself. If you're a young sailor, in my opinion, and you want to support your, mm-hmm. your chief, like hey chief, we up here, hey, I'm t- I'm doing my part to communicate. That's, that's what I believe. Certain things, like you said, um, it's just too important to be left dangling or, or waiting for these delayed responses. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's 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 good. One one good thing, uh, one of the good things, and I hope all the young sailors got out of that, is that when you when you go in and you're ready to go in on any senior person, you know, you was ready. You know what? You ain't coming there just talking and running your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You are ready, uh, and you got stuff to back what you what you're talking about up. So that was that's a that's that's real good, man. And we're not like we're not we make mistakes too. We human also, right? At the same time, so I think a lot of junior sailors sometimes feel like, oh, I can't say nothing to the chief or seeing chief or master chief or nothing like that. But no, you can talk as long as you know what the hell you're talking about. As long as you come to them correct and you got your your shit in order. Say yeah. what you got to say. Yeah, I encourage that at this point of my life. You know what I mean? But like you said, like if it's not in order, we gonna yeah. have strong yeah. problems. You know. But that's like, <laughs> but that's up and down. That's up and down yeah, yeah. chain, yeah. bro. And that's from me. Yeah. From me, me and an E one. And it's, my, my friend was talking to me because I was telling him I was like, yo, a lot of things about you know the military changing or whatever. And he was like. <laughs> He was like, man, when I was a junior seller, I used to get it, uh, junior sellers' asses. You know, my peers. He was, I used to get in my peers' asses and hurt their feelings when I was a junior seller. He was like, so yeah, you might be right. Like, 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 like if it, <laughs> he was like, cause I know it probably wouldn't have changed the higher I, you know, went up the chain or whatever like that. I'm like, yeah. I was like, cause things change. Cause when we sat with Amari uh, Ponciano and he was like, hey, you know, and this shit made an impact on me, but he was like, you used to have to adjust to your leadership. He was like, now your leadership, you know, has to adjust to you or whatever. Um, I think that's true. Like a hundred percent true or whatever. Um, people could fight against it. They could say things against it, but I think that's true. Like you got to, uh, acquiesce or whatever. I think in some ways it's important, you know, especially when it comes to culture, um, of almost everything um, else. But I think in some ways, you know, the older people still got to be able to like be a part of the uh, DNA. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Of anything, you still need your older people to be a part of the DNA because they got experience and like everything just goes around, you know, no matter how much things evolve, like the circumstances are just normally the same. You know what I mean? Like we've been through war back in the 1700s and we're going to go through war again. Um, it's going to be a different kind of war, but it's still war. It's still humans, you know, whatever, doing all that stuff. But so that's my take on that. But I got a question for you, uh, Aaron. Um, can you give me a non-incriminating regret? I say a non-incriminating regret because um, a lot of people get on podcasts, man, and they like, you know, they like they think they're going to get arrested for everything they say or whatever like that. And they just become like a shell of who they really are or whatever like that. So um, <laughs> can you give me a, a, a regret of yours, a Navy regret, like some shit you did in the Navy? that you identified to either be wrong or to you that you identified to either be against your moral code or whatever that you regret as long as it's, as long as it doesn't incriminate you. I'll, I'll own it. Um, so I was CFL and that this guy, like I said, he retired now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing, this is when you had to do the, uh, um, touch toes or whatever it is, that part of the uh, PRT. Yeah. Right? Sit and reach, whatever. He parts to retire. Mm-hmm. Sit and right? reach, yeah. He one of them like bigger, husky, old line looking type dudes, right? He could run, he could do everything, he fast, right? But it was like his last PRT to get out of the Navy before he retired, his first time. And he really was not able to uh, touch his feet, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't believe in cheating at all, but he, he was kind of struggle busting to do it. And I was kind of yeah. like, I kind of turned a blind eye to it. So mm-hmm. I kind of, it's wrong. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about his, his family and kids, his retirement and all this. I shouldn't have thought about that. Maybe it was a pressure of me being a younger sailor. Kind of caved to that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. I think that, that's one off the yeah. top of my head. I always I think th- about it. I think that happens. I think that happens. So, like, when I was a CFL, ACFL, it was somebody doing push-ups. And, um, you know, after you see them doing it wrong the first time, you're supposed to, like, shut it down. You know what I mean? So, that's true, right? Both of y'all got experience with CFL. That's true, right? First time, shut it down, right? You get one warning. Hey, uh, you get get two. You got the demo, right? Demonstration. I tell you one time. Yeah. And after that, like, Yeah. 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 So it was, it was somebody, and I don't remember the story. It's a vague, a vague memory of the story, but it was somebody who I had to stop from doing push-ups because they just, it was bad, you know? And this was when I was at like, like my peak, uh, health, physical, everything. And I cared so much about it. I weighed like 270. I went down to 180. Like all I cared about was like health and the integrity of, the process. And I remember this dude, man, he just was doing these things ridiculous, but he was already like one of those sellers at the command that was like, I'm, I'm talking junior seller type shit. So he was one of those sellers at a command that was like, didn't really sit at like the cool table. Do y'all understand what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to yeah, like, he wasn't popular. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't really sit at the cool table. And I kind of did, I guess, but, um, and I remember watching him do these push-ups, man. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to like... And, you know, I went over and I gave him the warning. 
I'm like, yo, man, you're going to have to tighten up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And these drinks was bad. I wish I had a video, right? You know, um, and then somebody else, you know, looked at him, still doing it wrong, then looked at me, looked at him again, one of the like more senior uh, ACFLs or CFLs. I went over to him. I'm like, hey, man, you know, this guy, we got to shut this down or whatever. And um, I remember him, um, but I, I, I might have like allowed him to do it for too long already. I think like I should have probably been shutting him down. Um, and I kind of regretted that cause he tried to fight it. Like, Hey, y'all should have, they should have, if that was a problem, they should have been stopped me, you know? And then it's like, you know, me arguing for real now, like now we on some, like, let's take, <laughs> you know, yo, let's take these uh, uniforms off. Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so come alongside, man. You yeah. Yeah. It got, yeah. it got to that point. Like, Hey man, like you wasn't doing none of your pushups. Right. Like, you know, it's like, well, y'all should have been stopped me type, you know, and we wound up squaring it away, but you know, that was a, a that one session was a, a failure. And then he redid it. Right. And this probably where it's real bad. Cause when he redid it, his pushups wasn't that much better. They wasn't like perfect form pushups. They still wasn't that much better. But I can honestly say that I don't think a lot of people do the push-ups in a perfect form. I don't know if that's groundbreaking or hot take. Like, I don't think a lot of people do this shit. It ain't groundbreaking, but I mean... Used to be RDC. I seen the worst. You see the butt ups. You see the ass ups. Them headbangers, boy. That be killing me, boy. Like, Next, you be hurting. <laughs> you supposed to go ninety. You was ninety, right? Ninety degrees, right? Ninety yeah, down. Ninety. You don't have to lock out, but you did. You know, better be ninety though. At least ninety. It ain't a lot of people who bodies. What's that torso? What's that area? Your torso area. <laughs> it ain't a lot of people who bodies <laughs> going down ninety, bro. You got people. Hey, bro. Hey, I know. I remember the days, man, where like they they you did your pushups and, and all the like the guys who struggle with the pushups, man, used to wear the big jackets or wear the wear the big sweaters, man. So you can't tell how far they going down, man. Like with they. <laughs> These guys, man. Yeah. But I got a CFL story, man. I got a CFL story where I kind of regret a little bit too. I don't want. I know we ain't talking about CFL stuff, man. But I had this 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 guy, man, when I was doing the CFL, and they kind of had they had the same last name, and one of my ACFLs, you know, did and I never did it like that. I always like manually, you know, put all my stuff in, but I let let this guy put everything in. And he did on the Excel. You know, how you doing the Excel and upload it. Mm-hmm. So they uploaded it into into the into Prims, and he had the same last name, and the dude fell, and he had been in like nineteen years. But the thing about it was, man, that it didn't get caught when it closed the season. I no one thought about it. No one, we, yeah. he failed, right? That was the thing about it. And he wasn't like in a in great shape, so it's a possibility he could have failed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like I looked at it, it's like okay, he failed. But, you know, yeah. So he jacked them all. He had been in for a minute, man. So I'm jumping through hula hoops to 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 get this fixed. So I'm calling, you know, Tennessee, calling these people. And of course, Tennessee pisses me off because they thought I was lying. They thought I was trying to hook a sailor up. Yeah. All this type of stuff. So I send all the paperwork. I send all this stuff. But the part that I regret, man, that that I look back on it because this guy had been in for a long time and he was coming to see me like every day. Yeah. Right. And and now and and he knocked on my door one day and I wasn't doing too well, man. I gave him the business, man. <laughs> like don't go business. <laughs> and I regret that, man. We talking about cat that been here like 19 years, man. 
you know, that, that there's meant something uh, to him and his family. Yeah. And I still gave it to him, man. And I, I, and I remember apologizing probably like two, three months later, man. I remember like going back and apologizing to him, man, because I really like gave it to him, man. Yeah. And, and then, hey, I regret doing that, dude. That's, yeah. that's fucked up, man. <laughs> Old ass man, did you? Dude, he was coming knocking my door every day, man. Every day he was coming yeah. to see me, man, about this, man. And I, I told him the same as, man. I sent it to Tennessee, <laughs> man. I sent it to them, man. They got, they don't give me a response and blah blah. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> you had to give it to. You had to look down the P-way. You did the little look down the P-way first to make well, sure the coast was I clear before you got his ass. Yeah, man. I, I gave him the business. Too, he said, man. I ended up getting called in the it CMC office about that, man. <laughs> CMC end up calling to the office about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, shit, yeah. man. What he told on you? Crazy. Well, I don't know if he told, who told, I don't know, but I got end up getting called, man, about it. And um, actually, yeah. man, like Bush and CMC, the one that actually made it happen for him, for him, man. Like, he called the CMC there. And then that's when the shit started rolling. CMC had like to for a dude, I'm hitting the, CMC had to Yeah, I, I was hitting the dude up. Dude hit me, me and the dude in Tennessee going back and forth, bro. He thought I was really trying to hook this dude up or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? So we going back and forth, blah, blah. And then CMC called and it's just... Phone calls or emails? Oh, email. Me and him going back and forth on emails. Yeah. Because I sent them yeah, the paperwork. Yeah, so CMC made that phone call, bro, and it's the, the wheels started rolling then. Hey, I got a question um, for y'all. Something I want to talk about before we get into the hero of the week is um, I, want, I, I was somewhere and I saw like a meme about like DRB and it had to do with like just a bunch of like <laughs> chiefs who just fucked up in their like career, like standing in like you having to stand in front of a bunch of those chiefs as they tell you that you wrong for like doing something that they did like you know, mm. six years ago or whatever like that. And and I realized that a lot of young sellers, like that's how they look at DRB. Like, it's like, like, uh, like what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Amongst these like degenerates or whatever like that. Right. So <laughs> my question for y'all is, um, like, how do we approach that thought? Like, like what's y'all thought on that? Like DRB and how do y'all approach DRB? I approach DRB as a process, man. And this, this, this is it. And, and we are part of that process. You know, them coming in there, we talking to them, we trying to, this ain't about, like all the time, man, it, we think, and, and and people thinking that, okay, we got DRB, we're going to come in there and, and like yell and yell. And sometimes it, it goes down that rabbit hole sometimes, yeah. but that really, that's really not the point of it though. The point of it, we're just trying to find out what happened. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how we start out. Tell us the story on what happens, right? When you start getting the yelling and start getting crazy like that, it's because the story start getting altered. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things like that. Then we, we going down different directions, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? The point is not us going in there. And, and, and like I said before, we all human. We all may possibly make mistakes in our Navy career, but that don't, that's not going to say we're not going to have DRB now. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. like, it's, it's part of the process and, and we going through it, man. So you're right, though. That is a, a picture that is painted. It's like a lot of chiefs in there yelling at sailors and, and all that stuff. A lot of times it may not even be that much yelling going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, a, it's just a process. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? I think DRB is the best thing, but it's not used properly. Uh-huh. When you talk about everyone in that room Everyone in that room has been to mass before. 
you know, or been through some type of stuff. So I think if you go in there and you just leverage that, like, hey, listen, like Damon said, hey, we're here just to see what's your side before you go see the man or the woman. What can you tell us informally? This is what happened. It's what you got going on that might affect your decision making, mm-hmm. right? Just talk. We're not here to yell at you. Now, if you come with some nonsense, it's kind of like, I'm not saying dad, but it's kind of the community, those village, I call it Chiefs Village, village Elders. Yeah. You know, the community is like, yo, man, you know better than that. Don't lie to us. This is the time for you to say what it is so we can actually forward that up. We can use our voice, our relationships to maybe not sway the, the XO or CO, but just to give them the gray area that, that's, that's not represented on paper on the report shit. Yeah. So I think it's great if we just say we're here to hear your side, to know what it is, and we've been here before. We could talk you through it. We're not here infallible. Yeah. It's the time for you to really come clean before it goes to getting yeah. read in and all. Yeah. It goes good when it's actually used as intended. Yeah, I look at DRB like more jury than judge. Like, like, like a jury is supposed to be a group of your peers, right? So, like, you can't, like, do I really want to be judged by the angels? <laughs> like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Do I really want to be judged by the perfect beings? Like, the people that never did shit, you know? Do I really want them to judge me? Because I feel like anything I did, you know? Yeah, he turned around the corner and he said uh, he said some profanity. Like, oh, man, he did. Like, it's over. Like, you know what I mean? So, me personally, like, you know, I would definitely prefer to be judged by, uh, judged, judged amongst people that made the same mistakes I did or made some of the same bad decisions that I made. However, now on the other side of the room are the chiefs. Um, and I'll tell y'all, man, I, I don't ever sit in, a, I don't ever sit in any room um, with a mask on or a face on or like different than who I am. I never, I've never done that. You know, I've had different moods. You know, I might've had a different mood one day or, you know, another day. But outside of that, I'm always me. Like, in the military, out the military with my family, like anywhere I go, I'm me. You know what I mean? So um, when we do DRB, for instance, like it's not like, yo, I have to like yell, you know, like I got it like like it's a stat sheet. Like, you know, I got like three yells. I got four tears and <laughs> I got six confessions. You know what I mean? Like that's not me. Like, like, one yeah, like my most I think the most emotional I got at our DRB was a real moment of like watching young sailors who come from the inner city, um, make dumbass mistakes, you know? And I remember just being like, yo man, like, yo, like, like take advantage of like your youth, you know? And I was saying that as like the older, like statesman who like made some mistakes as well and wish that somebody would have told me this, like, like, yo, you have a whole career ahead of you. Like you, because you could be saving money. I think it had to do with like money, stuff like that. Like it's so much more you could do, but, and then I even, I'll even circle back, like after DRB, find a seller. Like, yo man, yeah. like you understand what, you know, was what they was, everybody was in there saying, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think in those conversations, they a little bit more intimate and I, I and some uh, sometimes they're a little bit more effective because uh, you know at most DRBs you're gonna have somebody that's like in my like in my thoughts like from the mess that's like kind of like out of touch where you thinking like what like what are they saying this like why are they asking this question 
Like I remember we was at a DRB one time and somebody was asking some question about like somebody's mom, you know, and they had to sh- like, like we had to pause that. And like one of the chiefs had to be like, yo, why are you asking about this person's mother? You know what I mean? Um, and it was just out of, con- I know some days they do it, but this one was just out of context, like period. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I never want to go in like that. I, I, it looked like you got some, Aaron. No, I was going to say, I think the biggest thing is who are the people in the room, the voices in the room? Mm-hmm. You know, my, we're talking about chief season, right? One of my biggest takeaways from my first month as a chief was when I actually sat in and saw a DRB. And I saw how it was effective because the CMC, he said, all right, I want this person here, this person here. He really was very strategic who he had sitting DRB. And he set the tone. He's like, this is not here for no freaking theatrics. We ain't telling anybody to cry. We're here to do this. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, I'm I'm kicking your ass out, period. Non-negotiable. And I kind of saw how much, a way to gauge how much the command trusts the chief's mess how effective Chief's message is, is ask him about DRB. What are your thoughts on DRB? And they got on my ass, man. But I could tell they cared and I had it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Vice, man, they over here throwing stones, man. You over here booed up with E3. Who are you to tell me something? Mm-hmm. Waste my time. I don't care. Right. Right. So I think it really is about the people in the room being in touch. The last thing I say about voices, I was in the DRB called Two Sailors Kissing, right? The dude came out, they said, this guy's a freaking predator. And I was a semi at the time, sitting in the DRB. See, I, was, I made a face. CMC saw me. He's like, hey, hold up. Hey, uh, MA1, take him out. He's like, what you got, Aaron? I was like, you threw around the word predator. Do you know what a predator is? That's not a predator. These are two sailors that just got caught in the moment. They around each other. You're going to say that's a predator? You put the label predator on somebody. Right. That's like that's a stamp. That's a whole nother ball game there, man. Yeah. Especially mm. now, right? So you really got to measure your words, especially from who it's coming from. Yeah. Right? So I think, you know, knowing who's in the room to really kind of keep it sane and relevant, like you said before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think for a lot of the, the younger chiefs too, man, learn, man. Listen, sometimes you got to sit back and learn, man. You have some of the, the, the ghosts that's inside the mess, man. They, they know what they doing up in there, man. Like they know how to ask these questions and they know uh, what they trying to get to. And I remember learning from like, even on my last command, when I first got there, man, we had some, we had some go getters, some hard hitters, man. And I used to sit back and just watch these guys work, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Watch them work. And, 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 and man, I learned so much from those guys, man. Um, and, uh, you know, I got this, this DRB story, man, what threw me off in one of my, and I was chairing a, a, a DRB, man. And, and, and it threw me off so much, man. It almost made me like, I was like rethinking at the same time as I'm talking, you know, about this. And one of the sailors um, told me as I'm chairing it, like, like the only reason she was there because of her sexuality. And that, man, that threw me off so bad, man. Mm-hmm. When it was, this ain't had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? When it didn't, and, and if it had something to do that, I would have, you know, I'd be like, okay, whatever, right? But this case didn't have nothing to do with that. So it kind of threw me for a loop, man, for real. Like, even afterwards, I remember going <laughs> to my little office thinking about that statement, man. It kind of threw me off that bad. Because, because, uh, and then I think it threw me off because a lot of sailors come talk to me, yeah, right, when I'm on the ship. You know, I'm one of those guys that people knock on my door all the time. People say, 
senior, what about this? Chief, what about this? Blah, blah. And but somebody throw that statement out there, you know, at me. And I'm like, what? I'm freaking the biggest freaking mm-hmm. advocate for anything like that. You know what I mean? So it kind of threw me off a lot, man. I was like taken back by that. Man. Yeah. That sound like them chiefs that was having sex with the junior sellers on that one ship and got caught. And they was like, yeah, y'all, you know, going at us like this because we black. <laughs> like, like, nah, <laughs> nah, bruh. It ain't because you black. It's because y'all got a... Uh, yeah, yeah y'all got a sugar shack. Y'all, y'all got a, <laughs> y'all got a know, hotel right. room and y'all passing the keys back and forth, bruh, brody. Like, yeah. like, that ain't it, man. But yeah. Raise boom, boom. And then for the for the DRB also, like, so the Chiefs, right, we got the power. We we have, we are empowered to what? We could drop it, right? If we, we could drop it at our level if we want, right? And the sound like, like uh, suggest EMR. The, the recommendation. Yeah, we could recommend to drop it, but it's like, like we're not like passing out, like it's the CO that's giving out 45-45 and, you know, the CO is the judge, right? I really think that, like, and if you compare it, the CO is the judge and, and, and with the help of a lot of other entities too, like a lot of sellers probably don't even really know that, like the CO has the power to make the decision and, 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 and does, but the CEO get a lot of information from like a uh, legal black and white, uh, other commanding officer peers, uh, maybe their boss and other things before they make those decisions. And it's always hard. Like I've always being a semio, I had to sit in at a bunch of, uh, captain's masses and I've always sat in with the CEO before, you know, the seller came in, like whether it be a seller having a, like it, administratively separated or 45, 45, or like the whole, you know, like the big half months, 45, 45, like, and they are never like excited to do it. Like they never looking forward to that shit. Like it's never easy for them. I've seen like two sellers get like separated. And that was like very hard for that, you know, for that captain, like no lie. But yeah, so I do, I look at the uh, mess, we the jewelry, like we are, like we have done this shit, you know, but I think we got to act like it, you know, we got to act like we've done it. Um, we got to stripple down some of our mystique at times too, you know what I mean? And let people know who we really are, especially in these times. Like that might not have been a thing during World War Two or whatever, or, you know, or, or even some other stuff, you know, Battle of Midway, you know, all that stuff. That might not have been a thing in those days. Like Chiefs might have could have been the group of people that nobody knows. They just come in, don't work. I remember joining the Navy and like people that have been in longer than me, like, yeah, I never saw my chief. You know, and I know y'all been through that. I've been through it, but I'm glad it's, it's not that way no more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, when, when my chief, I, I mean, I seen my chief, like, I mean, we did quarters, he was around, but you know, like necessarily like training me, teaching me and all that stuff. No, he wasn't doing none of that. I had first classes that was legit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It was the real deal. No, nah, but what but I'm saying I, is, what I'm saying is I know that the first classes are your chiefs or whatever in those times probably told you yeah. that when I was a young seller, I never saw my chief. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man. Yeah, not as much, um, not as much. You know, you not seeing your chief or whatever like that. Yeah. But, uh, but how was the relationship? Like what you were saying, because I'm sorry to have had cut you off. But how was the relationship like with your chief in what the er- the early nineties? Early nineties, my first chief man. Yeah, it's the early late nineties, late early, late no late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, man. Yeah, yeah. How was the relationship? Not that old. I'm not that old. <laughs> early nineties, man. <laughs> Yeah, late night. He, he either did real good or you messed up real bad. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the only time you saw your cheek before. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think now it's more of a, of a common thing. Quarters, hey, what's going on, Chief? Da-da-da. Hey, you a Cowboys fan? Your team trash. You kind of like yeah. poking the bear, right? But you kind of, you know, you fall back. You kind of know how to turn it on, turn it off. But a Chief should not be this mythical creature that you only, you know, you got to be approachable. You know, history of a Chief yeah. is the Chief first-class player officer. Is the ones that had all the knowledge, many passed on. So you should not be this unreachable person. You got your first classes, they in second classes, they're running stuff, they're taking care of it, right? And then talk to your chief. But it shouldn't be someone you only see like once a month or once a quarter. Yeah. And I and I think that's the reason why we got all this these um we put all these other things in place, like 365, 360. All that stuff got started getting put in place because we didn't see our chiefs. Well, I guess they didn't see their chiefs way back in the day or whatever. So it could be more visual, be around more and, and teach more and train more and all that type of stuff. So I know, I'm, assu- I'm assuming a lot of this stuff that we put in place now is because of that. Yeah. Our hero of the week is a chief. I think it's more for us, too, to keep us relevant. What'd yeah, you say? Most definitely. I, I think the real strength of 360 and, and ELD and everything is, yeah, we're putting out our knowledge, but we got to stay relevant. We got to know what's going on. Like when you get up here, you're not getting ground-level truth as much. Yeah, no, you don't, so you don't I think it's it even more so important for, for the senior person to be relevant. Yeah, and that's why chiefs need to go to trainer-trainers and, like, learn so they can sit in those rooms with a bunch of sellers that they don't know. And like hear things that they probably wouldn't wouldn't hear. That's the one thing about those uh, courses that I like. The ELDs is like you get to hear things that you probably wouldn't hear from the people in your division or just walking around, you know, the ship, depending on who you are or whatever like that. So I do like that. But um, our hero of the week is a chief, right? Uh, yeah, man. Um, hero of the week, man. You know, since it's you know we talking about seasons and we know the chief season's coming up, so. Um, our hero of the week is Edward C. Byers Jr. Uh, he was in um, the war on uh, terrorism. Um, he was met a, on an action date was from December the 8th through the 9th on 2012. So let me get right into it, man, and read his citation. For conspiracy, his gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as a hostage rescue force team member in Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom from 8 to the 9th of December 2012. As the rescue force approached the target building, an enemy sentry detected them and darted inside to alert his fellow captures. The sentry quickly emerged and the lead assaulter attempted to neutralize him. Chief Byers with with team sprinted to the door of the target building as a primary breacher, Chief Byers stood in the doorway, fully exposed to the enemy fire while ripping down six layers of heavy blanketed fastening to the inside ceiling and walls to clear a path for the rescue force. The first assaulter pushed his way through the blankets and mortally wounded by enemy small arms fire from within. Chief Byers, completely aware of imminent threat, fearlessly rushed into the room and engaged an enemy guard aiming an AK-47 at him. He then tackled another adult male who had darted towards the corner of the room. Doing an ensuring hand-to-hand struggle, Chief Byers confirmed the man was not in hostage and engaged him. As other rescue team members called out the hostage, Chief Byers heard a voice respond in English and raced toward it. He jumped on top of the American hostage and shielded him from high volume of fire within the small room. 
while covering the hostage with his with his body, Chief Byers. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, while covering his hostage with the body, Chief Byers mobilized another guard with his bare hands and restrained the guard until the teammate could eliminate him. His bold and decisive actions under fire saved the lives of the hostage and several of his teammates. By their undaunted courage, intrepid fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of near certain death, Chief Petty Officer Byers reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest tradition of United States Naval Service. Man, um, I heard some in the background when I was reading that just then. So, uh, but um, during the season, man. So I wanted to give a shout out to a to a chief and and no one better than uh, Chief Byers, man. Again, these guys put their lives on the line um, when they was over there in Af- Afghanistan. He's one of them, man. One of the great heroes. Uh, he's now uh, I, um. I see it here. It says rank now. His highest rank was a master chief. So yeah, um, big shots out to him, man. Yeah, yeah. He's still in the area. He in the area. He had, I think he lives in the area I live in, and uh, he's still doing the work. He's still you know doing a lot of work. It's funny. Fun fact. I actually reached out to him because um, I wanted to do like a more intimate hero of the week segment with the actual person because he's alive, you know, and we don't get that mm-hmm. a lot when it comes to um, Medal of Honor um, recipients. Um, but uh, I reached out to him, uh, no res- no response. But, you know, hopefully one of these days we do get to talk to him and actually, you know, see how he felt, you know, uh, during the actions and stuff like that. So, but when you hear those type of things, uh, Aaron, like, you know, when you hear those kind of like things that people did, like what comes to mind? It's kind of like a reality check. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a history story. That's someone's lived experience. That's someone's that's living and breathing. Yeah. So, you know, I remember uh, when you, um, you talked to, we got the mass chief from the uh, coal, right? That was big to me. That's someone's lived experience. So it kind of kind of brings it home more personal. It's not in a history story. This is someone's lived experience. Yeah. Doing our time, too. Serious. Yeah, doing our time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a um, you know, just speaking about sales. Well, I don't know if any of y'all saw the developing story about a SEAL who who recently died right after Hell Week. He died like immediately after Hell Week. Um and uh it pretty much um pretty it's exposing the SEALs for I'm gonna pull it up um real quick, but it's like saying talking about drug usage and um, you know, different things like that exposes a culture of drug usage and it says uh, U.S. Navy identifies a SEAL candidate who died after Hell Week training. Kyle Mullen, 24, from New Jersey, died in a hospital on Friday in California, while second seller is in a hospital in stable condition. So it's uh, I'm not going to get into it too much because, like I said, it's a developing story. But his mom is going real hard, you know, but it's a whole lot to do with um, just talking about, like, uh, performance enhancement drugs and things like that, like helping these sellers get through hell week and i think it's going to be a bigger investigation so that's all i know i don't know have y'all heard anything about this yet well i read a little bit about it man and what i heard was like it was i heard two different stories man one of my story i heard is about something that happened during the swim 
And now I'm hearing it was like after hell week. So I'm not sure if I'm getting conflicted stories or not. And then I heard something about, of course, about the drugs and stuff too. So yeah, they saying they found mm-hmm. drugs in the car. They saying he was, he had an issue. He, he like, he should have got medical treatment, you know, stuff like that. Then it happened. Like it was like, he just got through hell week and like people just didn't care. It's a whole lot of stuff. And I don't want to report about it. Uh, you know, wrong, but it's a, just a whole lot of information, like you said, because it's a developing story. But it's just, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Have you heard about that Aaron, at all? Nah, nah, I haven't. I'm first hearing about it. Um, anytime I hear about train exercises and investigations, I kind of, yeah. um, my last command, we lost someone recently through training, it's investigation, and it's like, I won't go further, but I just my 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 eyes kind of peek up. I hear about investigation after training accidents. Yeah, yeah. You know what puts me in that? You know what does that for me? Like what make my eyes peek up though? Like I didn't notice it, but uh, this this is not Navy related. But um, Serena, right? She just recently announced her retirement, and uh, she just pretty much played what's likely to be her last game, right? Uh, she played it already, but, um, just watching that and like, man, I, I can't help it, but I thought about Kobe, like, cause we saw Kobe, like the people that we lived like, well, that I, like my age, um, we lived to see start and finish their careers. Um, and I just, I hope for a great, you know, uh, let me just say this, Serena Williams is the GOAT, you know what I'm saying? And I hope for a great second life for her. Um, she's another one that's been doing it since an early young age. And I just hope for a great second life for her, uh, and a great, uh, uh, next chapter, um, for, you know, for whatever she goes on to do after this. Um, but I just, I just, man, for some reason, I just could not help but think about like how we lost Kobe right after he gave up on mm-hmm. his first chapter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. I want to throw a little shot at the Serena Williams also, man, because I was watching it yesterday, man. You know, I was rooting for, you know, Serena yeah, to yeah. get to the next oh. round and to win it and, and do all this stuff. Um, but I tell you this, man, the excitement and I'm going watch this from home. <laughs> you know, and you see Tiger Woods when Tiger Woods plays golf, man, and how many people out there following him every time he step on the golf course, knowing he may not even win. It doesn't even matter. They want to see that excitement from. That's what I saw yesterday, man, from Serena. Yeah. And I know Serena brings big crowds every time. But if you guys didn't see yesterday, man, everybody out there, man, she's like she was in an arena, man. Like it was crazy out there, man, yeah. because they know that could have any be, day could yeah. be possibly her last, you know, time, man. It was big. It was huge, man. It was motivational, you know, all that in one. And you're right. She started this journey when she was like 13, I think. You know yeah, what I mean? Bro. Uh, when she actually came came out, we started knowing about her, man. You know, and now she retired. So it's a big deal, man. Big shots out to Serena, man. Her whole family, you know, that's what they've been doing their whole, you know what I mean, life, even Venus, you know, all yeah. of them. That's what they've been about, you know, ever since we know them anyway. I thought two things, talking about tennis. Um, the uh, With Venus, you said Venus. I'm, I was very impressed. I know Serena, she gave a lot of... Um, she took a lot of time out to thank her sister mm-hmm. for supporting her. And, like, even though Venus has her own career, Dr. Gray's, like, Wimbledon champion, you know, she she's never, like, taken away from her, her little sister's life. Yeah. And I think that that's... Ever. That ever, cool. bro. 
That's good. Right? The amount of time they headed up and Serena has has won more. I think that's that's huge. Yeah. And then um you talking about with Kobe, yeah. It's like these athletes, these these people, they have so much more to give once they hang up a jersey, they cleats. So I was thinking about Arthur Ash. It was a good documentary about him on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And his 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 biggest contribution was when he stopped playing. His activism and, and everything like that. So like Kareem Dool Jabbar as well. So, you know, I'm I'm excited. I hope that she's able to to really branch off and do everything. I yeah. wanted to see for Kobe. That was the biggest thing for Kobe for me. I know he has so much more to give to the world. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of those people. Besides the impact of the court. And it's a lot of those people that you know is like hyper focused and they like for like the whole life they were only able to really hyper focus those things into like one thing. It's like, damn, what happens when we put we talked about Harriet Tubman a, a few weeks ago and it's like, what happens when we put this person in this arena? Like, how do they do it? You know, I'm going to talk about Steve Jobs a little later because I read his book, but it's like, all right, let's let's throw Steve Jobs in the animated movie arena. What's going to happen here? Oh, he's going to change it forever. <laughs> you know, let's put Steve Jobs in the music arena. What happens when he get around all these music people? Oh, he's going to change the way we listen to music forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, let's give him uh, phones. Let's see what he does with phones. Oh, he's going to change how we use phones forever. You know what I mean? So, so like, I, I, I like that when you get to these people that's hype. Oh, I mean, I got so much... Uh, I'm so I got so much fanboying to do about Steve Jobs later. It'll make no damn sense or whatever like that. But um, um, not to take no light away from Serena. Great career. Um, looking forward to what you do next. Uh, another always a rest in peace to Kobe. Whenever I think about Kobe, I think about Nipsey. Uh, so that's another one that I want to throw a rest in peace to. And another one that we think I believe we lost a whole lot. When, when we lost him, because we lost a whole lot of potential of what he was going to do next. Like, what was he going to do? Uh, you know, and stuff like that. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. On a um, little bit of a lighter note, man, I saw this question that was uh, posted on um, My Navy HR, man. And it asked about, like, PRDs. Oh, asked about PRDs, man, and asked about uh, it, it's kind of like funny though. I mean, to me, I thought it was kind of funny because of one of the answers on there is that you know it said uh, what would happen if you deploy, right? Uh-huh. And your PRD is up, you know, you transfer and doing when you deploy. And one of the answers was it was a sailor's preference, <laughs> and that made me laugh, man. Like I was laughing about that because. Trust me, it ain't gonna be the sailor's preference yeah. on what he want to do because the sailor's preference is not getting them deploying. Period. From transferring, <laughs> yeah. that'd be my preference. I know that. Yeah, I actually tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I know it's not gonna be my preference. You know. So, and with that being said, the only thing I have to, I had to really say about that that's what we need to be honest with people, man. Yeah, like, honest with these sailors. You know what I mean? The expectations. Don't try to feed into. Oh, it'll be your your choice. Your no. I'm telling you right now, if you leave if you leave it in the middle of freaking uh your deployment, you getting you you going on deployment, you're probably gonna do the whole thing too. If it ain't already set up, you know what I mean, you're probably gonna do the whole thing. It's just I don't know, man. Uh especially depending on what kind of command you at and what ship you're on, depending on your NECs, depending on all that stuff got something to do with it. But yeah, man, most definitely not your preference though. Yeah. So, so about that, like, what, do you think it's anything that should stop a seller from being able to go home for their baby being born? 
Ooh, that's tough, bro. That's tough. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what makes it tough. Like, I feel like they should be able to go home and see their kid being born. I think everyone thinks that or, or want to think that, but it's situations that's out there that could prevent that, right? It's some one-of-ones out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's things out there that can make that hard. But as a leader, only thing I, as a leader, I just want to make sure I exercise everything I can to try to get them to where they need to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is home with their kid and, and, mom, and wife and, you know, all that stuff with the, with the family, with the husband, wife, whoever, with the family to, 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 cause I know that to give them peace. You know what I mean? I know that, uh, that, uh, go a long ways. Also in leadership that goes a long ways. The sailor sees you trying to do everything you can, you know, to get them there. So uh, that's what I try to do, but I do know it's some obstacles. Yeah. About you, Aaron. What's your thoughts? I, I think, like Dame said, right? You gotta be one part. You're trying to exhaust our options, but it's about foresight. Like you know, this child, you know, the, the partner is carrying a child for nine months. You know our schedule or what it's supposed to be. Are you, as a leadership, are we leaning forward? Yeah. Like, hey, if you know we got workups and we gone, all right. Could I do a one for one? Can I go to this ship that is, you know, going through an avail? Hey, they got the same quals, same level of proficiency. How about when we go on this ride, hey, we swap our sailors so that, you know, you still, there's no decrease in performance. The mission's not affected. We can go. Or if um, we're in the middle of it, are we doing workups? Eh, yeah, maybe they can go. If we like in it, in it, it's not a possibility, but I think it goes to what Damon said. You just, are we exhausting all the reasonable options? And like I'm saying, are we using our foresight to really look forward to make sure we actually maximize? Yeah. Some yeah. things, you got to really exhaust all means. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all both work, y'all familiar, y'all got like workspaces, like, and y'all got offices, right? Like normally on a ship, it might be like CIC and then you might have an operations office. And then like, you got general workshop and then you might have like a repair locker that you, you know, kind of yeah. made into like off when like your sellers take out the trash, right? Do they grab yours? out your often. Mine. Yes. They grab it for you. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I, it, yeah. What about you? Aaron? they grab they, it for they you. They grab it, but it's not like, it's not like mandated. You better mm-hmm. like if they clean the office, they see it. We live here. This is our, this is our space. Yeah. Why not? They ever grab it? I'm not above. They ever grab it while you in there? I ain't been on a ship for about two and a half years now, but they try. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I got it. They were like, nah, nah, chief. I got it. Okay. I'm not about to be on some. Yeah. You get my trash. <laughs> you lift your like, you like, hey, lift your leg up. up. Yeah. So, so I, I guess it's a little bit easy. I guess. Um, to, to make sure I'm clear on this, man, is that when we do like anytime we clean or anything like that, they just grab the trash anyway. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't never like I'm calling down there to a general workshop in my office, say, hey, ain't nobody take my trash out of day. Yeah, no, it, ain't, it ain't like that. It just, it just, you know, they just do it when they clean the ship or whatever. We clean the spaces or whatever. They just take it out, but it's, it's not like me calling down. Midwatch, go white lights, clean up, take it out. 
It's not yeah. that big of a deal for us. I'm only, yeah. I'm only asking. My legs ain't broken. So I'm asking that because I saw a post on Facebook, right? And anonymous. Oh yeah, I just thought. <laughs> Boy, they went. In. Ooh, <laughs> my God, they went <laughs> in on that post, man. Y'all getting the good stuff. I need, I need to tighten my algorithm. So it, it, it said the. Oh. It said I don't even want to know if I should read, but it says the triad asking me to take out that trash. It's something I'll never do. I'm a, whatever the rate is, I've been in for however long the person been in. Well, I say how long. They've been in over 10 years. I'll just say that. It says, I understand the mentality behind admin. So it's a person of an admin rate. Oftentimes we are there just to make other people's lives easier, whether it's uh, pay or evals or record keeping. Customer service is the name of the game. And I understand that. What I don't understand or agree with is duty exec responsibilities. Encompassing taking out someone's trash who gets paid two to three times more than me. I will help take out Mestex trash and Quarterdeck trash for duty responsibilities because it's ship Y and I've used those trash cans before. But I've never used a CMC, XOs, or COs trash before. And then expecting me to take it out is absolutely degrading. My question is, am I being ridiculous? Does, <laughs> yes. does anyone else feel this way? So that was. Can I keep it a buck? Yeah. <laughs> you being, they're being ridiculous. Shut up, man. It's, you got your job and other duties as assigned. Right, right. And other duties as assigned is a wide berth. No one is above or should not be above doing anything. Right. You go, you go FSA, mess cranking, you do this. Miss me with that. Yeah. If you want to destroy, you pour them in, and we're all taking our trash. We get in the trash party going so we can go ahead, batten down, and go about our business. Yeah. I don't I don't like these UCMJ superhero gangbangers. Like you're not built like that. You're talking like that. You're not gonna say it to the face. He's saying that or she's saying that from the security of the keyboard or their smartphone. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, this this is my 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 thought on it, man. Like and <laughs> And it's real simple to me, man. I, I don't even I don't even get into all the like weeds. People was going in on this, right? But I'm talking about people was going in on it, right? But I don't even get into all that, man. I look at it like this: above your space, you have a POC on there, and you have a cleaner, and you have all this stuff on there, right? If that's your space, mm. go check your space for cleanliness. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's like the simple that's the simple way to put it. And and no shit, man, like. I remember I was a junior sailor. Even for my chief, like I say, I was a junior sailor. I go by there and say, hey, I asked if that's my space. Hey, can I grab a trash real quick? You need me to take your trash out. If you got a CO or XO. Now, CMC, I ain't seen as much, though. I, I don't probably don't see. CMC will probably tell you to get the hell out of there. I got my own shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't worry about it. But if XO and CO, I, I can see them. I can see, you know, the admin going by there and check to see if they trash being taken out. Yeah, like, I can see that happening, man. Like, I bet even the ITs probably go up there and check their freaking bags for um for um PI stuff. I can see the, the ITs going up there just doing that, just you know, because it's part of their thing, you know. So I just can't see why that's a that question was <laughs> was even posted on there, man. Yeah. It was crazy to me, but they, they admin type that posted, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's 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 an outlier. Most admin people, I, I just seen admin people on carriers and flagstaff. They're not stressing that. They're like, yo, let's take it out. Yeah. Let's roll. And if a person has like a a blue blood Mount Olympus complex, whatever, yeah. they get held accountable by that, by the, the chief or the senior enlisted person in like, hey, ma'am, sir, you sound like a 
respectfully, you sound like a snob. That's not, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think like eventually you get to a point in your life where you stop trying to prove who you are to yourself. You know, um, and I and I that made me think about I was watching a video um, the other day. This dude worked at like Wendy's or somewhere like that. And it was an older guy. I think the guy was like 88 or some shit. And he was at Wendy's. They got into like some kind of verbal disagreement about fries or something. Who knows? Um, I think it actually was about fries. Um, uh, but uh, the older man, he must have said something. This dude was black. The old man was white. The old man must have said something that this black dude ain't like. So he walked around the counter. And he punched the old man, right? And when mm. he punched this man, he, the man went to the hospital. He punched him, then he stood over him like he just like killed Leonidas. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he hit him, and then he stood over him like he just tackled a grizzly bear. Like it's an old man, like really older guy. Um, the older guy went to uh, went to the hospital and then died like two days later, right? So this dude pretty much, you know, killed this dude or whatever over a word or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Um, but it's like after a while, you just get to this point, like in your own, like emotional, like maturity path that you stop trying to prove shit to yourself. Like if somebody, if I got to take the trash out, I got to take the trash out. Like I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't me grabbing your trash on wherever it don't define me as who I am as a person. You know, I had to say this to like one of our young sellers, like after DRB one time when he wanted to like kick some of my ass, I'm like, do you like, are you confident that you will kick that? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, you got your win. Like, you know, like just kind of like, you know, like if you like, you trying to prove a point, if you do anything else, are you trying to prove a point to yourself or whatever like that? And I'm, I'm kind of past that. Like I'm grabbing a CO trash, XO trash. I'm stopping by CMC office. Hey, can I, you know, what's up? You know, and I'm out and I'm, I'm good to go. You know, and then if it's a moment where I do need to defend who I am as a person, I'll do that. Like with no problem. I could grab your trash every day. But when we hit that moment where you crossing the gun line and it's something that I'm, I have to defend, then I, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to take you, I'm going to go grab your trash the same day still. Like, and I'm going to be that same person. <laughs> like, like it's called fair, yeah. you know, fair treatment, fair evaluation. Like, you know, and that's just who I am as a person, you know, and this was a more senior seller because they've been in for 10 years. Yeah, and I even saw like more, normally too, man. Like your chief tell you that like before you guys get out for the day, hey, you guys can get up out of here. But make sure you check COXO, CMC, check their trash out before you guys walk out. I mean, I've heard that come out of freaking like a PSC yeah. or YNC mouth. You know, on their way out, check the you know check and make sure they're good to go. Yeah. So that that question, that whatever. Yeah. Um, well, for me personally, that's like I want them to see me taking the trash out because I want them to see that you know if the most senior person in chain of command is doing this willingly, yeah. then who am I to question? Right. I'm trying to set the standard as leadership. Like, hey, this is not a big deal. We're all here together. We throw yep. family around a lot. I start saying community, right? You take care of your community. You can have neighbors you don't like, but you're still going to help them out based off of your community. Right? So yeah, I think... I should want to take it out. I think what I like the most about that post uh, in particular was like the chiefs that was responding they wasn't pandering. Like I've, I've been seeing like a lot of chiefs like pander and say things that I don't think that they really think, but I think they feel like they got, especially on, on like on social media. Like I think they feel like they have to say it like nowadays or whatever. But on this post, like they wasn't like, they was like being honest, like, yo, nah, like that's, you know, you won't. Cause it's like, it's so 
pointless. But I do. I, I, yeah. I, I honestly think, I don't know how y'all think, how y'all get on Facebook, but I think a lot of people pander, like everybody not as progressive as they, as they keep trying to act like they are or whatever like that. Yeah, man. Performative. Um, so I got a, I got a, a couple, you know, thank yous. I want to, want to, Throw out real quick, man. One is like I know you guys heard me and Dumbo talk before about you know what I mean how you know being in the navy we got all this you know technology, but then you know we so lacking on technology when it comes to the chip, you know, up in, inside of the NEX and the commissary and and and, and then and, and the tap and all that. So I went to North Island, man. You know, and I went in there, man, um, on the on the base, and I went to the to the uniform shop, and I was picked up some stuff from the uniform shop and these motherfuckers, the chip work and the little tap thing work, man. Yeah. And they said it'd been work for like four years. I'm talking about, dude, oh, yeah. I've been going everywhere else on base, man. Yeah. None of this shit is doing this stuff, right? You swipe and steal the whole nine, man. So I go in there and I was impressed, man. I was like, you know, taken, <laughs> taken back a little bit. I was like, man. And then she was, she was always like, yeah, we've been like this. Like, wait, I think it was the first ones. Blah, 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 all this North Island probably, probably was. You probably are the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, North Island probably yeah. was. Yeah, I'm yeah, not surprised. No doubt about that. Yeah. I got a question. And then the other thing. Oh, go ahead. I go got ahead. a question go for Aaron. Um, Because uh, I can't, I just can't have you here, man, and we not talk about this, man. Like, what, what, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in your career, man? It really is about the relationships. Uh-huh. So um, you can know everything. We're going back to DRB, right? You know, the people advising the CEO about the way forward. There are times where you might see something on a piece of paper. Yeah, man, they they done deal, signed, delivered, right? But the CEO had so much trust in CMC and the cheese mess that they went against what the, the easy answer is because they trusted what they said. And that's based off the relationship that they formed. Right. Um, like if I say your name, right. Like I have a sailor that she follows the pod, right. Mm-hmm. She came to the pod because she really trusted my, my input. Right. And my recommendations. Yeah. Well, I've seen other people. I've been there for sure my time. She was kind of giving them, I ain't looking at that. I said it, and she had some trust in me. She went to it. But I questioned. I think you think you met her the other mm-hmm. day when you came visiting me, right? So I really think it's about relationships. Yeah. Relationships and trust. It's all about the relationships. So here's another question. Right. Here's another question, right? And if it's the same as that, then it's the same as that. But my next question is this. If you could go back and tell yourself something, on your first enlistment, your first tour, first ship or whatever like that, if you could go back and tell yourself something that will help you get through, you know, this tour, or I mean, to help you get through your career or that'll make it easier for you or whatever, what would you say? What would you tell yourself? Same thing I'm telling everybody right now. I say maximize time, maximize resources. It's like a lot of things, people, these successful people, they're not, really all that talented is just they just they listen they know what it is and they actually apply it they maximize their time it's not saying um you gotta be up six hours after you get off studying or working on something let's maximize your time 
Like you're so tired from when you get off the ship, you have another 30 minutes you can put towards your craft or maybe a personal thing you're trying to do. I think I'll be a lot better now than uh, if I maximize my time. My first short duty, I could have had my degree done. Mm-hmm. I could have had it done. Right? But I said, like, you know what? I'm going to chill, set up my family. I don't regret that. But I had an opportunity to really get my degree. Because right now, sometimes I'll say I'm going to do it later. That option, that choice might not be there for you. Yeah. Based off your schedule. I'm going to get my degree. Oh, well, guess what? Internet's down. Well, we can't do it because of River City or something like that. Right? Yeah. So maximize your time. You have more time than you think you do. Yeah. Maximize it. Maximize your resources. Yeah. What would you have, Damon? No, I... For for me, I mean, no, I agree with with the maximizing time. If I had to go, if I had to go back, man, and think I, about anything, I, I man. You that. I, oh, I, I thought I you said. I that. thought you was asking me. You did just look like, <laughs> no, what's up? You had some day, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I was ready to go in, I bro. Ask you that? No, I, I can't. Like, like, go. We gotta say that. All we right, gotta say that for right. something special, all man. Right. But you all was right. about to say all something right. that right. you was about to. You you said you had two tidbits and you gave one and then i asked oh, him yeah, questions yeah. so yeah 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 okay the other one i got you i got you the other one was man i wanted to uh give shots out to people that um that hit us up about the the, the drb uh, little skit we sent out and about the um the question man the question that that we asked a lot of people been hitting me up man so uh, we got a lot of feedback in the in the threads about about some of that stuff man i want to give big shots out to those people man um, for you know, checking us out, man, and talking with us, man, it was good stuff, man. Yeah, any, any, anytime anybody could um, like be engaged with the pod, like I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you listen on Apple Podcast, take to take a moment to like write a review. You know what I mean? Take a moment, even if it's like you know four four words. These guys suck ass. Uh, these guys are great. You know what I mean? Like, just take a moment to like, you know, write a review. Um, cause that's the first thing people look at. Like when they, yeah, when they yeah. want to check yes, out a new true. podcast, they check out the reviews. They see how many you have first. Um, and then they go and they read a few of them. Like people actually do use reviews. So if you listen and you've been listening for a while, I mean, it's episode 49. So, you know, you know, it's, you, you, you kind of know what we're doing. Um, so just, you know, give us, take a moment and write a review. I told you I wrote a review before. You know, I think people think I'm lying, man. <laughs> I wrote a review, man. I wrote a review for us, man. Um, hey, so Aaron, so I got like one last major question. I, I just don't think that we could have a command senior chief on here and not ask. I don't know if you know this question. I don't think it's the same thing that you think I'm going to ask. So the question is this. Can you talk to me about the process? Um, from Yes. Yeah. So you said that you, you know, you said uh, you talked to your wife, right? Because we kind of left off there. Like you talked to your wife and she said, go through with it. So then from go through with it, yeah. what is it? Like, so let's like, I'm, and I'm thinking like, uh, like as if, well, shit, you are talking to somebody that actually wants to go through the process, right? But you're talking to more than just me. It's other people that listen that want to go through that process. So just what's some of the things they need to know? What's a you know a good way ahead for them? Well, uh, before I say look at this nav admin and this work and all that, have an honest conversation with your family because um, you gotta get buy-in from the family. Yeah, if you don't have that, then you can't 
you should not put him for the program. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not balanced at home, you can't be balanced. You're not your best self if and when you get picked up and you go into the program and you're supporting and advising the command office. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Honest conversation. Second thing I'll say is um, it's not for the pay, right? So if you're doing it, you got to be passionate about sailors and you can't be afraid of telling the truth. If you're worried about your upward mobility and all that, it ain't for you. Yeah. All right. That's, that's the two things, right? As far as the process, um, my Navy HR, right, they have the C-cell page. And they have the uh, PQS, right? The PQS is like, a, like a, well, can I talk about charge group? No. <laughs> well, PQS, it lists everything, right? It kind of drives the conversation when you talk to these uh, CMCs. And they talk about programs. But it's not about you knowing the exact program. It's like how these programs affect and help sailors. So as you're doing the PQS, make sure you're actually having the right conversation. So let me backtrack. You better make sure you talk to your CMC mm-hmm. first to see if they actually recommend you for the program. Yeah. You don't have that, you're not putting it for the program. Yeah. Right? No, I'm kind of jumping around. Perfect. That. But just, um, just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. It ain't for the pay. It ain't for upward mobility. You really got to, it's like coaching. You got to know that you want to be a coach. And uh, what's the phrase? I hate this phrase. Expectation management. I had to see all that always said that. And I hated it. But now I know why he said it. Manage expectations, man. Know exactly what it is, man. But do it for the right reasons. It's not a hard process. Relationships. You got to know people to talk. You're always teasing me saying I know everybody. But I think that really did uh, come into play because I had a good enough reputation and the right people advocating for me to say that he would be a good uh, prospect for the program. Yeah. So, yeah. So the first place... Hope I give an answer. The first place I would go check is my Navy HR, right? Nav admins. Okay. Yeah. The Nav admin, the book, and then you got to wait for the next Nav admin that comes out for saying, all right, these are the timelines to have the board, the packaging, and then submit your package. Yeah. And you had to do a board. Recommendations. You had to do a board, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's not, it's this very unique board. I'll tell you that. Man. Yeah. Cause you're on a board with people and everybody's different. All, all Master Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, you know, like an Esau's board. It's, it's a board. Yeah. Yeah. They're really asking you some off the wall questions. What? And actually sharing their examples and they're giving you their oh shit moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, such and such. Jumped off the ship. Who do you call first? Yeah. I'll call this person. Oh, for real? Oh, you're a Navy Times, huh? All right, yeah, this guy. <laughs> Have you had an ocean? Hey, you know what? You, you, you know what? what's crazy also, man, on some of the stories that didn't happen out there, man, listening to the Master Chief that they didn't yeah. use, they, that shit happened for real? Like, it's crazy on some shit they go through out there, man. Yeah. Have you had an ocean moment, Chuck? Yeah, my first day in the seat. Yeah, my first day in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I came from, uh, I can't, so my first day in, I'm talking to the person I'm relieving, and this chief came in. And uh, <laughs> I had a phone call from my previous command, the Wounded Warrior, and they were talking about a sailor at my new command. Mm. As we were talking about the sailor, so we were talking about the sailor. They had some uh, challenges, mm-hmm. right, transitioning out the Navy. And then Wounded Warrior was assisting the sailor, 
my, well, it seems you've called me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can't, do I look at it through a lens of someone from the program, Wound Warrior? Do I look at it as the command? Like, how do I navigate yeah. this? So it was like, right there in the Damn. moment. First day? Mm. I'm talking like an hour two. Damn. I still got checking sheet. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to find a CPPA so I can get up out of there. You really, you really got to balance your decision making with your head yeah. and your heart. You can't go all, all the way one way. Yeah, yeah. You got to find the right ratio and what's applicable. Yeah. So I really had to really balance that. Yeah. So I got some. Um, we, you know, we do book of the week, and I know you, you know, I know you avid when it comes to books and like knowledge and. Uh, my commute is stupid, so I got to maximize yeah. my time. <laughs> so books, knowledge, and adding to your toolbox. So do you have any, uh, it could be a book, suggestion, it could be multiple books, podcasts, whatever. What do you have? Well, I mean, I, I did my homework. Mm, nice. I like it. I like it. I like it, man. So what you got for us? All right. So for being relevant in relationships, right? My biggest takeaway in the last two years since summer 2020 is the, uh, the filter bubbles, uh-huh. right? Meaning, I first heard about it from President Obama when he was uh, talking about previous elections. So it's kind of like we got red, blue, all this, right? If we don't make a concentrated effort to pop that filter on social media or our news, we can keep getting the same viewpoints, mm-hmm. right? So for book recommendations or just, you can look at these people on YouTube uh, the first book is called uh, Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols. And he was an author. He actually taught at the War College. And he was just saying how everyone, because we're able to Google answers, you got someone who's like trying to question the expert. It's not saying you can't critique mm. or challenge them. But it's like your, your Google search does not equate to the five, 10, or 15 years. My mom's going to love this. That they spent. My mom's going to love hearing this part. <laughs> right? So the first one is a Tom Nichols Death of Expertise, either the book or just YouTube, some conversations he's mm-hmm. had. Second one is uh, Willful Blindness by Margaret Heffernan. And with that, she talks about how we talk about your emotions, right? She talks about how people will will willfully ignore the hard truth because it doesn't feel good. And she gave an example of how um, at the World War II, you had these people who were part of Third Reich working for Hitler that didn't agree with him. But because, like, he gave them a chance, like one architect mm-hmm. who gave them a chance, they kind of put that to the side because Hitler loved their work, Right. <laughs> Or how come somebody who's like in a marriage, they know this person's cheating, but you know, love, they can't see that. They don't want to see yeah. it. So I think a lot of times we don't want to hold on to our beliefs. We don't want to look at the hard truth and be objective. Yeah. So those two books is good. As far as like trying to be relevant, understanding why people think. Don't be like, why you think that way? It's like, all right, what made you shape, what shaped your ideology, your experience, religion, you know, culture or background history, what made you think that way? Yeah. So I can understand you. We can get to, to that to that common area. Uh, leadership book, it's pretty popular. Ego is the Enemy by uh, Ryan mm-hmm. Holiday. I referenced that because I've gifted it multiple times. 
my favorite chapter in that book, he talked about Jackie Robinson and his level of restraint. Because Jackie Robinson is known as someone who he's always calm and reserved. But people don't know Jackie Robinson, he got court-martialed when he was in the Army. He had a temper. Right? So someone who's naturally more of like, right? He was more calm because the situation called it. It was a bigger cause for him to be calm and really do that. Then our last book I'll say is called uh, We Return Fighting. And um, it talked about uh, the black military experience coming back from World War One, and how, you know, they were getting better treatment overseas and fighting. But then you had prisoners of war getting better treatment than the people who actually fought for other people's freedoms. Mm. It kind of goes into, you know, the red summer of 1919 and how, you know, that kind of helped spur civil rights movement. Mm. Right, so we return fighting. So I just say those first three books focus on popping information filter, break the algorithm. Yeah. Um, ego is the enemy. It's not always about you. Sometimes the best, you know, be quiet, listen, and then speak, and then we return fighting. We find some more heroes of the week for sure mm-hmm. in there. Okay. And it actually might mm-hmm. inspire you. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to grab that. It's crazy because speaking of inspiration, um, I damn near cried watching um, the terminal list when he pulled the book. When he pulled the dude guts out, man, like I damn near cried. I was, I was at an emotional height. Segway team. Uh, but um, <laughs> segway. But I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about my book of the week first before we get to terminal list. Um, Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to review the book. <laughs> I'm going to talk about just being inspired by Steve Jobs. Um, the book is greatly written. It's in, incredibly written in this uh, audio book I listened to, which is incredibly performed by the person that uh, performed it. Um, but um, it's just inspirational, right? Easily the best book I read this year, right? Easily, right? Like how could a book about Steve Jobs not be, right? In my opinion. But um to think about like Steve Jobs, you got to think about the world before Steve Jobs and then the world that Steve Jobs left behind. Right. And then a second, then another part that I think about is like, what would it be if he was still around? You know, if somebody that was that creative, that innovative and that thoughtful, you know, was still around. Um, and I just narrow everything down to like two things with him. Um, the first thing is taste, right? I think he just had better taste. Like he just wanted his things to be better. Um, but I think his taste was driven by what I think was the most important quality that Steve Jobs had. And that was like, he cared. Right. And that's a quality that I really care about having myself is if I walk in his room and I do this thing, like how much do I care about it? So he cared. So he was the person that would take like, um, let's think of a product, the iPod, for instance, um, it, he need he wanted somebody to make three pushes of a button to get to any song they wanted. Like, like no more than three. If it's more than three, it's shit, right? And that's like from him, right? Because he was either, this is the best thing ever, or this is the worst thing ever. This is the best thing ever, or this is shit. It sucks. It's trash, right? So that was Steve Jobs. So if it was any more than three pushes of a button, it wasn't going to work. Like, no, we're not doing this. Go back, go back, go back. And just to repeatedly like find like things that, don't exist like things that don't exist at all 
right? And say you want them to exist. And then like everybody say, it's no way. And then he like, yes, you can, you could do it. And then like for people to repeatedly do it is just amazing, right? So this starts with a computer, right? The Macintosh, right? So this starts in 1984. Um, Steve Jobs and them make the Macintosh, right? So they make a computer um, that people could use, right? Uh, before this, computers were like these big things, places, like not personal things or whatever. They become these things people could use. Um, people, I mean, I don't think we know, like, you know, that, at, like, I don't think everybody knows that Steve Jobs and them, they made the mouse, right? So the mouse is from, from Apple. Um, uh, seeing things on the screen of your computer, hearing your computer talk, like all of this shit, right? Early days of Microsoft dealing with Apple, right? Early days of Adobe dealing with Apple. We kind of like launch pad for all of these things, right? So at some point, you know, they, he's innovative. You know, another thing we don't talk about that much, or I don't know if everybody knows, is like Steve Jobs was like, hard to deal with. Like, he's like this asshole who like never wore shoes. And, um, when he was, yeah, when he, yeah, when he was younger, he had like, he used to stink cause he was into like natural things and all of that stuff. But he was who he was. Like what you saw was like what you got, like all the damn time he can negotiate his ass off. He was super hard headed. And like, so some of like this just reassured me that like, if you have a goal and you have a dream and you have a plan, like, not everybody going to be there with you on a level of personal or on a level of really understanding like your, like your thought process. Right. And that was what it was a lot of times for like Steve jobs. Right. All right. So they go and they make this Mac, they do some other stuff too. And at some point he gets pretty much ousted from the company that he built because he's just this difficult person that, you know, that people really like have a hard time working with. Now, something that I don't know that everybody knows, right. Or you might've heard about it, but didn't really understand it was at some point after he left Apple and created some other companies, he went to Pixar and he became the CEO of Pixar, right. As Pixar, that's the company that make Toy Story, uh, Finding Dory, uh, and all of those Monsters, Inc. and all of those successful uh, cartoons that I believe resurrected Disney to be a company that even means anything. Because in those years, the cartoons that Disney was cranking out wasn't doing anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he goes to Pixar and he becomes the driving force of like Pixar and like able not not the not again not the animator not the subject matter expert or nothing like that but just the driving force of Pixar like hey I really care about this and let's make this the best thing that it could be so he goes to Pixar he's ousted from Apple Apple was not innovating anymore right during this time they not innovating they not coming up with shit they not doing nothing really that much Pixar is pretty much they got hit after hit. Like after Toy Story, they got a bug's life. After that, they got like, they, you know, they eventually they got cars, they got Finding Nemo. They got like, it's just hit after hit. You know, it was a funny part of the book where like uh, they had to renegotiate with Disney and the, everybody already knows Steve Jobs. He's going to be difficult. He's already one of the richest, you know, men ever at like his early thirties. And the dude's like, all right, it don't matter when Finding Nemo come out we going to have Steve Jobs pretty much by the balls because that movie's going to suck. I already watched it, right? So that goes to show you that these Disney execs didn't know what the hell they were talking about, right? So Finding Nemo came out, became the biggest movie ever for Pixar, right? Broke a whole bunch of records or whatever. So then Steve Jobs pretty much went to negotiations like, yo, I want, I want it all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eventually, the dude that didn't believe in Finding Nemo got fired, right? Disney somehow 
did a deal with Pixar. Pixar's people got high positions in animation at Disney, and then Pixar pretty much kept Disney afloat for however many years they were, right? So that's two industries already, right? That's the PC industry, and then that's pretty much fucking Disney. Like, like in my opinion, that's pretty much Disney. Right now, in my opinion, Disney's not really creating any original content that we care about. They own Marvel, and they own Star Wars, right? And Marvel is Kevin Feige, and Star Wars is... George Lucas and whoever is doing all the stuff they doing over there, right? Um, John Favreau and whoever doing all the stuff they doing over there. But it's not a Disney original. If you think of a Disney original right now, and that's like them making a movie that they made before live action and it not being as good as the movie that they made 40 years ago or so, right? They haven't done anything, in my opinion, original in a while. All right, yeah. so, 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 so he goes there, and then at some point, it gets to a point where Apple is able to get Steve Jobs back, right? And the moment he comes back, what does he bring back? Himself. Like, he brings back the soul of whatever Apple is and supposed to be, right? This before the iPhone. This before, like, the iMac, right? So, so at some point, he comes back. He brings back everything that is Apple, right? Apple's still a reputable company, but they lose his soul to innovate and make things. So he come back and he create the iMac. I know we all remember the iMac, like the, the colorful bubble computers that like was in every school and every class. It's like, yeah, man. But this was like the best thing ever. Like these plastic computer. I remember it's the coolest thing, Oregon trail, like all that shit. Right. But he was a devil, like for him, the de- like he was a detail oriented person and like enough never was enough if it's not right it's not right you know what i'm saying so boom so they you know they create that and then like at some point it's like the ipod right a thousand songs in like we, we you know mp3 players used to be like these small things that like eight songs in it 10 songs in it boom the ipod i think we forget like how much like this dude actually did like so they come through with the ipod something more lime wire yeah, it was like LimeWire, the iPod. But in order to like, in order to kind of push out the iPod, you need the music industry, right? So the music industry again, a bunch of dinosaurs that don't understand what's happening in the world. So they able, they they're able, in my opinion, to get ran over by Steve Jobs and the Apple concept. And now we're gonna sell Steve. Apple is the reason why you could buy one song out of an album, right? That started with iTunes. That was introduced to us through. Apple through Steve yeah. Jobs through iTunes like they the industry didn't like that they wanted you to buy the whole album unless you were buying a single so iTunes you know started that and then a book went on to talk about uh you know just how successful the iPod was which was one of the most successful you know things ever um and then it went on to talk about the Apple Store and the concept of the Apple Store because Apple Store is like one of the first stores that they didn't have cash registers like the people came up to you with like the handheld things right to control the process right because one of the things about Steve Jobs is end to end, right? So I'm gonna create the hardware, I'm gonna create the software, and now I'm gonna make the store that you buy this product from. So the whole experience that you get is an experience that was pretty much um, tailored by me and my t- and, and our people. So this is a representation of Apple end to end, you know. Um, so they talked about that the in store because they said Steve Jobs said he didn't want to see his Apple computer sitting next to a PC or whatever, right? So, so like you know, and that's like a big thing. Like if you if you, I think everybody should read this book if you want to be inspired. But like it's Steve Jobs was like an asshole. He had a 
a kid for some years that he didn't really, you know, really want to claim. And he believed he could alter reality. And well, people thought he had a way to alter reality. Cause you could say, Hey, I can't do this. And he could be like, yes, you can. And then eventually like, that was the biggest thing. yeah. And then eventually you end up doing it though. Like, you know, so, yeah. um, then it, it went on to talk about the iPhone, which was revolutionary. Right. Um, then it went on to talk about the iPad, which was, even more successful when it launched than an iPhone. Then you got the iTunes store and then you got like, it's just so many industries that this dude, like he, they pretty much took over. Like Apple took over the phone industry, like, like period. You know what I mean? And I just think about like, and he was the product guy for Apple. Right. And I'm, and I look at Apple now and in my opinion, they've uh, enhanced a bunch of things that they created but I don't think they've introduced anything new that was like groundbreaking, in my opinion, since Steve Jobs. Oh, the cloud, the cloud, right? That was something that kind of like was refined by Steve Jobs, like the whole cloud thing where now you could use your Apple, your iPad, your, your computer, your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, and like you don't have to plug different things to share files. Everything is the same in the cloud. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, if you buy an Apple phone, Y'all remember the days where you had to like get your phone memory pushed over something? Now you find you buy a phone, it's on your everything from your last phone yeah. is on your new phone. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, just migration. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was just like, so I was inspired just for the whole, uh, just the, the a lot of things, the crazy ones, the the be bold. Just like, like, and it, it, it just let me know, like, uh, like it's sometimes like you, you, everybody's not going to be happy with you. Um, and, and, and it depends on what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? So he said he was trying to put a dent in, he was trying to put a dent into the universe, right? That was like what he said. Like, I want to make a dent into the universe. And I believe, I believe he did. You know what I mean? I believe in the last 50 the last 70 years or whatever, Steve Jobs might be the most important innovator or mind that we had uh, 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 and probably pushed us way more forward than we've ever been. And that's without ever being, he couldn't make, he didn't make cartoons. Um, he didn't make uh, computer chips, uh, uh, none of that stuff. He just had taste that was at a very high level and he cared. He cared that people got products that were easy to use. So the last the last uh, story I'm gonna tell from reading this book, which as you could you could probably hear it, I was pretty excited about it. Is somebody was talking about having an iPad in like a foreign country, right? And um, a, like a six year old kid walked up to him with the iPad, um, and uh, he put the iPad in the kid's hand, and the kid was able to use it as if the kid had it forever. Um, and that's just the simplicity and being able to make a product like that. Like things wasn't always like that. Like, like, you know, even, even them wanting to make like the touchscreen phone, um, it was already a company that was making that, um, technology. So they, you know, in this case, you know, they could have done a bunch of other things, but no, they bought that company. They bought the company that was making the technology um, quietly, and then they, you know, the company went on to kind of innovate and make that technology. But it was a, it was a never say we can't do this kind of idea when it came to um, Steve Jobs and when it came to Apple. And it, and, and, and the last thing I want to say was that they held people accountable at the highest of, you know, you love it or you hate it, but like 
if you was garbage, he fired you. <laughs> like, like, like you got fired, yeah. you know? And that's one of the things that I, I, cause that's one of the things that's difficult for me sometimes is like holding people accountable when they not like, like, it's like, yo, is it another, like, like, is it another thing I could do? What's the other route? I could just do it. Is it this, is it that? Like, and it's just listen to this Steve Jobs book and just knowing like, Hey, I want excellence. Like I want a team full of alphas. Like, and if you're not that, you shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like a quote from him. But it's like, if you're not that, you're shit. Like you gotta go. If it's not the greatest, then it's the worst. <laughs> or whatever like that. It's no in-between or whatever with him. And I just think yeah. that was, I just think that was uh great for what he wanted to do. Right. So the last, last, last thing honestly I'm gonna say is know what you want to do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know what you want to do and hold yourself to what you want to do because with the road you want to take, it's going to be bumps along that shit. But if you know the road you want to take and understand what road you want to take and understand the legacy you want to leave, then, you know, you go ahead and you leave that legacy. Because the legacy that, like, Steve Jobs is going to leave is, like, changing the world. It's not like being an asshole or being, like, the stinky guy in a boardroom meeting or the, the barefoot guy. It's the legacy of, like, even the people that thought that still had to admit, like, I never saw nothing like the iPhone in my life. <laughs> you know, I never saw nothing like the iPad in my life, right? So just know what it takes to be however great you want to be. That's it. That was my book review of the Steve Jobs book. It looked like you got something for me, here. I'm going to ask a question. It's kind of tied into everything with Steve Jobs, right? So, sorry. Do you have uh, a quote in your email signature? Yes. I both of Yeah. All right. What's yours? Um, let me find. I gotta find it though, because I don't know it. So my quote. So I give you a little. I give you a little. Um, like I kind of know it, but I want to say it. You know, a hundred percent the right way. But I'll give you a little kind of thought process on my quote, my email quote. My email quote changes every, uh, every like, command or every time something major changes. So, like, my last quote at my last command was contribute. Just one word. It was contribute. Right? Contribute. Mm -hmm. Like, in my opinion, that means, like, throw yourself into whatever you're in. And like, that should be enough if you do it right. Right. So it was contribute, but I got my quote, but you was asking Damon his quote. No, I don't have one. Yeah. I don't have one. You don't got a quote at the end of your I, email. I, man? Well, I, didn't, that, that oh, like man. I didn't have one for a long time yeah. and I finally decided to put one in. All right. And it's the same quote that uh, I'm going to put on my command coin when it finally gets here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I thought about it because of Steve Jobs. And when I say the quote, I'm trying to tie it in. So the quote is, uh, men who are in earnest are not afraid of consequences. Mm -hmm. right, say it again. Men who are in earnest are not afraid of consequences. When I first saw it, you know, the word earnest is something that I use every day. So I looked it up, and to be in earnest means to be sincere and with conviction. Yeah. So we talk about Steve Jobs. I think someone who's convicted, so they're in earnest, they... They, they feel strongly about it. They got the experience. Their heart and their mind is behind it. They're going to go for yeah. it. And because you're in earnest, you're not going to care as much how it's received. If it fails, it's like, nah, I'm going. So you talk about Steve Jobs. I really thought about, about that. Like, yo, if you're really going to do it, you're going to stand in your square and move forward. You got to be ready for the critiques 
People think you're crazy. Yeah. People saying you're difficult. You don't matter as much because if you got that earnest conviction for the right reasons, you just go. Yeah. So shit. I'm definitely gonna uh, add that that book into my uh, my Audible rotation. Yeah, yeah. My Audible. My badge game is crazy right now. <laughs> so, put my badges against anybody. I'm definitely gonna put that in for rotation. Yeah. Yeah, that's week. a good one, mom. That should be a book I read like a hundred times over, man. Take the notes, highlight. Yeah, every everybody should read it. Honestly, um, mine is uh, actually you could tie it to Steve Jobs as well. But mine is don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. That's what mine is right now. So don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. Um, hey, hey Damon, I'm gonna challenge you, man. I think uh, you should get a Bill Walsh quote for your email, man. Yeah, Bill man. Walsh. Yeah, he got something out there too, man. That. You know, Bill Walsh is yeah. Hey, he he really is somebody. I learned about him more from my book Egos and Enemy. They talk about him as a thinker. This dude was like the ultimate maximizer of talent. He revolutionized the NFL, even though he's Niners. But like Bill Walsh, yeah, he he really was like that guy. Most definitely, man. I'm gonna look some shit up now, man. Yeah, man. You need that quote. Like, I know because I know he got something out there. He he got some shit out there, man. You're right. He's a he's he's a lot of people now, you know, in the NFL uses what the stuff that he's done, the stuff he built in the NFL. So yeah. Document recommendation. Look up a football life, Bill Walsh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife is cooking That's some one. food. It smell. Hey, I hope you're cooking food for me. She cooking some food, boy. She <laughs> good. Hey, I'm just glad my dog didn't bust in. You like, I'll be driving in the morning and I text him. I'm like, yo, man, please don't, yo, take care of that dog, man. He's like, man, this dude, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. My dog be killing yeah, me, Damon bro. Be barking. Damon dog be barking through the pod, man. That's Damon dog. Yeah, that be barking through the pod. My dog will bust in the door. He kick, he push from the door and be like, and then he just walk away. <laughs> just let <laughs> you know here, around. What you doing, man? Yeah. I yeah. see you, man. All right, let's get into this last uh, part of the show, man. Episode four. Yeah, episode four of The Terminal List, right? I think think we all watched it, right? The three of us, actually. Um, uh, What's the name of this episode? Let me see. It was a crazy one. Detachment. Yeah, detachment. I'm, I'm, I'm far off. Your last episode, you talked about, yo, man, I'm thinking he might. I was like, ah, let me shut up. I ain't going to spoil yeah, it. The te- yeah, because he he mentioned, Damon mentioned, like, a woman from the show. Like, he's like, yeah, he still got, like, he got the woman. And I had, and I'm like, I'm thinking, like, I don't know who this character is yet. But she popped up in this episode four. And maybe she popped up in one through three, but mm-hmm. I ain't see her. But now I know who she is, the the one who was piloting the, the, the plane or whatever yeah. like that. But what's up? What was your thoughts on the, uh, on the app? Yeah, it's me first. Okay, hey, so this is my I had I got my first like negative review, man. On this a little, it ain't negative, but it's one of 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 something that I I looked at, man. And, um, he retread they retreading a lot on this on this on this show, man. About about the the bird and about his family. I don't know if it's the same, almost the same look. Yeah, you know what I mean. Every time it's in the house, it's the bird going against the window, and that's. That's retreaded a lot in in in, in this, these first couple of episodes. So that's my only type negative side of it. Now, we did find out about it, man. You know how he's he having some mental issues, but he got some 
he got some medication in this episode, man. He helping him out a little bit because I I think he I didn't think he was gonna make it through, man. All these medical episodes don't get his ass whooped a lot, or he was gonna fuck somebody up. Yeah, you know what I mean. He don't supposed to you know, mess up or some shit. I don't know, but he got some medication uh, to help him out, man. And now we finally found out in this episode how Steve Horn played a part. You know what I mean? How he played the part of, of, of what's going on on. You know, we know he has something to do with it, but I think now we finally found out about him, you know, the the, the medication and yeah. how he got tumor and all this type of stuff. So we kind of found out how he played a part. And the last thing, man, I got was, man, probably one of the best kill scenes I ever seen in my freaking life. You love, man. you love that type of stuff, man. Dude, this <laughs> kill scene like, was <laughs> brutal, dude. Like, like if I wanted to, like, that, like yeah. Bro, yeah. Talking hey, it, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't do it, hey, man. Hey, man, I got strong, if hurt, cut, I'm like, ah, ah. bro, if you want to ever like say something happened to my dog or something, I want to get some revenge, yeah. How about that revenge right there, man? How about hanging your shit up so you can see it before you? Dude, you would do that crazy, over man. a dog, then? You do that over Yeah, a dog. man, my dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm messing with my dog. John Wick, I use man. That <laughs> John Wick ass. But that was a brutal... That was a brutal scene, man. That was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, it, I, I, it, I, it, it was a while ago. Uh-huh. You remember that? No, it's not been a while ago. I remember... Yeah, everybody remember that. The only thing that get me with, with, uh, with uh, Reese's... Yeah, he's taking the meds and he got the training and he got the mind over. But I'm like, this dude like a like a freaking superhero. He, he got super soldier serum in him or something. Like you really out here, you know? I, man, I know it's it's, it's, a, it's a show based off a novel, but I'm like, come on, yeah, over here, nah. Hey, yourself, man. Looking yeah, like old Steven, like an old Steven Seagal movie or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that I, I know that Damon would have liked the scene because he liked that Rambo when Rambo ripped the dude hard out like that. Like, almost could have won an Oscar. If Damon the was bone, on Oscar, the Oscar, oh, my he goodness. Took the dude. Boy, that was brutal, too. <laughs> so, all I'm going to talk about oh, is... Up, <laughs> what up? When his bone popped out, man, that was crazy. Oh, yeah, Damon act like that was the that best Rambo movie, movie ever, no, they no, said I that was the best, I, yeah. I said, they was the best I said, movie. I said, I said, you ever saw a beautiful mind? He was like, yo, the new Rambo. <laughs> I was like, did you ever see The Departed or Godfather 2? Yo, that new Rambo. No, man. man. Hey, I'm talking about his, how the bone popped out, man. Come on, man. He playing the arrow shot a week in advance. I'm going to get him right here. I'm going to cut your arm. Like, all right, Sly. All right, man. Slide, slide, slide the slide man. Control, man. Hey, so I, I, I do. I got one scene that I want to talk about, man. I ain't gonna get too deep into the terminal list. It was a good, another for me, another good episode. Um, I don't mind the callbacks too much because I know his mind is messed up. So like these are like things that's kind of keeping him like, images in place. But um, the scene right before he went and took the dude into like the shed and like you know ripped his like intestines out or whatever, when he was uh, dragging the dude through the mud. The way his man was looking, like his, <laughs> like his man just had that face, like, 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 yo, this dude's about to like cross over, you know, to the dark side. Like, he just looked with so much regret and care, nothing. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked yeah. with so. Old girl told him she was like, you know, I loved you. You know, we loved your family. 
but if you if you come out alive, don't come back. <laughs> she was like, yeah. don't come back. <laughs> like, 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 but um, yeah, that scene, man, because and it, the, the, I, I think the episode was titled "Great" because I, I think like that there was also like so it was physically a detachment because he like took the dude's intestines or whatever. That was like a physical detachment, but then it was a mental detachment as well because you gotta like you know like you, you can't be all the way there to like kind of go there. And like, I just think his, his boy was just outside the building. Like, yo, he's going there. He's doing it. Yo, keep the platform going, man. Y'all, y'all really are, are I'm not saying a, a scene chief or a chief is not human, but you guys really humanize who we are. We're not detached. Right. So like your platform, uh, I heard you on, um, don't give up the ship. It's like, you're really humanizing. Like, we're, we're not, these people who are not relevant. We see things. So the conversations you guys have, you know, it, I feel like I walked into CCS and I was having a convo with some engineers. That's the vibe that I get. I love that. Um, you know, when I was uh, moving, I, I was kind of missing that type of interaction from a ship. So if you like on shore duty, or <laughs> you're missing the type of interaction, man, come to a, uh, Come to PTSF and, and get your fix of being in the fleet through a, through a podcast. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. The culture needs it. Our culture needs it. So keep it going. And uh, get that T-shirt, man. I, I got to get my Death to PowerPoints T-shirt. I was supposed to have that on, man. I got to get one of those joints. Man. But thank you for having me on it, man. I'm, I'm like a big fan, man. So Yeah. Yeah, but hey, bro, I, I appreciate you, man. Um, I'm glad you came. I know you, you know, podcast ain't, you know, your thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't something that you always, you know, want to do. But I appreciate you coming, sitting down with us, man. Um, and you got a lot of, a lot of jewels, man, a lot of info, a lot of, like, man, every time I get a text from you about, like, you know, putting me on to something or something like that, you know, I wish more people could get them. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, because people need, People need that knowledge and people need like checkpoints and people around them to kind of like make sure they good, make sure they doing good. And this, none of this stuff is things that I even asked for. So just, so I just appreciate it. Uh, you know, I ain't known you too long, um, but uh, I hope that, you know, this thing, you know, now just kind of goes on forever. You know what I'm saying? And you know, everybody anyway. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I believe I'm a, you know, kind of know you. Um, Oh, here's Damon. Uh, now in the technical difficulties, you know, want to start. But yeah, man, thanks for coming to uh, hang out with us. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, most definitely, man. Hey, um, most definitely, man. I feel like I've been talking to you forever here, man. So thanks for coming on to the pod, man. Um, real talk is like, I love this shit, man. I love talking to people like you, man. Positive, inspirational, all that type of stuff, man. So keep doing what you're doing, man. Do it as long as you can. Um, and I was looking forward to see where you go, man. I'll be looking for your names on them lists, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I'm glad you didn't bring up that Leonardo DiCaprio stuff, though, man, because that would have been a conflict of interest, man. Nah, we so ain't. I appreciate I appreciate that. <laughs> 25 is the gold number for Leo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Common, they got something in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Hey, good luck to all everybody out there for Chief, man. Good luck, guys. Mississippi. Stand dude.